What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 36. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you today as well. Um, What did you play this weekend? Not what much. What have you imbibed in? Uh, Not much. You've you played a bunch of stuff. Uh, you didn't get deep into stuff, but you played stuff. Yeah. You, you turned on um, well, Shadow, Shadow of the Com- Beast I, for 30 minutes, yeah, 30, 30 seconds. seconds. <laughs> uh, no, I I, uh, I beat Shadow Complex 100% of that on PS4. How was it? How did it hold up? How, that's everything great. great, game. great yeah. Game. Yeah. yeah. It's the story's a little ridiculous, but yeah. Sure, but that's video games. Yeah. But I mean, like. Uh, well, no, not necessarily. Eh, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous stories in video games. Sure, though. but not always. Yeah, I would think the majority, though. Sure, but this is. Uh, this game has potential mm-hmm. to have a cool story. Okay. But that's not why you're playing it. Sure. It's so very, this, very well designed. Is game. the story not good or is it just crazy and loony? It's just dumb. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, I, it's a, a story I should like, but I don't. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then I played Doom for a few hours and I, I really like it. Yeah. Um, you need to get back to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you? definitely. I'll definitely get back to it. Um, and then uh, I played Homefront, but very briefly, like an hour. Is maybe. Homefront out or do we have it super early? Homefront's out this week. Okay. Okay. So by the time this posts, embargo is everything out. Exactly. Um, Oof. Doesn't run that well. Yeah, I didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't notice any technical hitches in it when I was playing. But I mean, I played really only through the tutorial. So yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't really like in the open world or anything. Right. Like that. For me, I platinum uncharted. Finally, got it done Friday night. I played a whole bunch of multiplayer with the kids. Uh, then yeah, the next morning woke up, put in Doom, played the first two levels. I'm like, all right, cool. Like it, run, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful game. Runs super, super slick, super well. Uh, but like, and I liked that it wasn't like shying away from what Doom is with like mm. the fucking heavy metal and the gruesome kills and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Not, I'm not a shooter guy, really. I just wanted to see what it was like. I'm out. Put in home front. Got barely, I'm probably right where you are in terms of tutorial where I was like, ooh, these cutscenes aren't, ooh, this, this story's weird. I liked home front and one story so much. And this doesn't seem like a home front one story. This is a bit more weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's all about the corporation and I don't want to ruin it for people, but sure. Like this, well, I mean, this, ruin the first This North seconds. Korean corporation that basically like the premise of the story is what if, and it's a ridiculous what if, but what if North Korea... Um, what if the Silicon Valley and like the revolution that happened in the seventies in California happened in the Koreas? Right, and we um, we imported all their stuff. We took all their exactly. Stuff. It's, it's kind of a you, like we were talking about an you know analog to China, right? Yeah, I mean that's the, the, the that's what's so fucking stupid about this is that so we we talked about Red Dawn the remake which was supposed to be about China and then they yeah. had to go digitally alter all the Chinese flags to make them Korean flags because, because they didn't want to offend their in China sell China movies that's a big deal that's a big yeah they don't now. want to offend markets and, and investors in China because God forbid you say anything bad about China I mean who you know we don't want any of that only we could be the bad guy in, 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 in movies I think that'd be totally fine um, so that's a little fucking stupid to be honest with you so I, I I don't know if what happened with the original Homefront my assumption is that a similar thing happened I think I might have known the answer to this question at one point. Um, whether it was supposed to be about China and they made it about Korea, but nonetheless, um, if they're going to reboot the entire idea of Homefront anyway, because the original Homefront never happens in this game, yeah, then why not just reboot the idea of who the bad guy is too? Because you don't have to like jump through hoops a million different ways to explain how China and the United States come to blows. Right. But you have to explain a significant fifty or sixty year alternate history about how the United States succumbs to a small country the size of a mid sized American state. Um, with a population, a fraction, a small fraction of what we have in this country. It doesn't make make any sense. Sure. From the outside. That's why I'm interested in playing it because I I feel like they will explain it. And the original Homefront... Their intro I thought was pretty good. It wasn't as good as the intro to original Homefront. The original Homefront's way way more convincing. Sure, but I mean, this was like, okay, cool. It sets up what you need to know. Go to run around and shoot fucking things. Yeah, like, so when John Milius, I guess, wrote it, but some other guys wrote... He just Original Homefront. That was about peak oil and all that kind of stuff. And that was actually way more convincing than basically... 
a North Korean corporation creating backdoors into everything they've ever sold us and no one noticing for yeah, decades. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. That rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that intro because I had not been privy to that intro until um, I put the game in because they've been hiding it. You know, like they were hid the original Homefront intro too. So I don't know. I I, I want to play it more because I'm I'm intrigued by the idea. I like the way the game begins. It's very violent, mm. um, which I believe that world would be. It's very dark. It takes place in Philadelphia, which I think is very cool. Cradle of Liberty. So um, we'll see. I mean, I have, so I have no thoughts about either of those games in any major way. I think Doom is exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I was t- t- super happy to see that. Yeah. Um, Homefront. I I don't know what it's going to be, and I hope that it's something that I like. Um, but I am not feeling super optimistic about it. Sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'd put off uh, until I was in the mood Ratchet and Clank and I was in the mood yesterday. I had a great time with it. I told you. Fantastic game. I told you. No, everyone told, I told me. No, that's I told, not, that's I told not a column was right. Oh, no, everyone yeah, in the no, world I told said you. that. I said it before, long before the embargo was even up. So who, who else told you first? Who? Tim, I think, during no, the last play. No, no? Be, uh, oh, okay. no, definitely not. No, really? It was, no. It was you? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was definitely me. Okay. Yeah. Um, about Shadow of the Beast, uh, I actually turned it on with the intent of playing it, but then I got a phone call and I had to go, so I just shut it off. Yeah. I didn't even like, get past the start menu. I didn't even start the game. Um, but not being very well reviewed, and I'm I'm not sure. Like Polygon gave it a three. Now it's Metacritic's more like a six or a six and a half, maybe, okay. maybe around there, maybe even a seven, but um maybe probably lower than that in the sixes. Uh but I always felt like this game wasn't going to be very good because Sony just hit it for so yeah, long. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. It was announced before PS4 even came out and uh, then just disappeared for almost three years. Probably like two years and then they like kind of brought it out of hibernation. Where, like It still exists and here's what it looks like and stuff. So I ju- I'm just not even sure with all these other games that I'm going to be playing like when, if or when I'll ever get to it. Because I right. have no love for that game. That's a very... Uh, the original Shadow of the Beast in 1989 and then came out on Amiga. We don't have an Amiga heritage in the United States. And um, so this seems to be a game more directed at the nostalgia of European gamers, mm-hmm. um, which I respect and that's totally fine. So I don't know. There's nothing there for me to be like, well, I really want to play this. Sure. The, the thing that intrigues me is that the original Amiga game is in... Um, the re-release so i would actually want to just play that <laughs> just um, play to get to that part just to see like what that's all about because that's supposed to be a classic sure kind of platformer so um or side scroller so um yeah that's basically it so this week I, I i would like to just get through doom and Homefront and kind of clear those games out of the way because things are slowing down I, we forget two of those we'll see on the drop i think that valkyria chronicles yeah we've had valkyria yeah, for so we've long. had it forever i really think is it like out february is it out today the day of this posting i think so oh well then it's great there you go. Yeah, it's Valkyria. It's totally Valkyria. I've played. Yeah, people have reviewed it already. Yeah, so you can I've played it. a couple hours of it, and I'm, I'm, it's more Valkyria Chronicles. Well, it is Valkyria Chronicles, which is great. It's the same problem I always have, even with games I fucking love, where it's like I'm playing, and I'm like, oh, Welkin and Elysian, it's back, and I'm playing, and it's like, oh, yep, I remember this, I remember all this, and that makes it very hard for me to be like, now I'm going to dedicate twenty hours to playing it or so whatever. Tell, so tell me this: is it because I've never played Valkyria Chronicles, but beyond in a cursory only sure. a cursory way. But it's a game that's right up my alley, I think. Yeah. No, you'd like it. It's turn-based, grid-based strategy? It's not grid-based as much. It's turn-based, yes, where you do you you know move your whole team around, then you're, you end your turn, and then they move their whole team around. You have command points. When you spend a command point on a troop, you can then move them, and you have a movement bar. So it goes from, whereas grid-based, you know, it's like XCOM, right, where you draw the line and go like that. When Which you, I don't like. Yeah, this is not that, and this is one of the reasons I think I got so hooked on it at, when I started the franchise, however many years ago now. Um is you take over the character in the third person perspective, which I love. And then you can run however you want, wherever you want, as long as you have the movement bar up there, but you can fuck yourself and you know, waste 
Why you I fuck yourself in the game? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Take the t- turn the gun around. No. And then uh, you can just run off. You know, spend a movement you shouldn't have done. Whereas like XCOM kind of or like a grid based would lock you in a way where it's not like you're gonna run out of movement points or whatever. This time you could easily like burn off a whole bunch of movement points before you get where you need to be. And what about? Like equipment and all that kind of stuff. Like guns and stuff. You buy things like armor and equipment and all this? Yeah, I mean, you have different classes of people. And this is like. And you can change classes? Not on the. Well, I mean, you can send. You have different classes and they're given to you in terms of what's going out, right? Because I think Valkyria Chronicles 2 was a big deal. That that I'm not sure of anymore. It's been too long. Because I played this like we've had it for a month and a half. And I played the first night I got it. Is it nonlinear? No, it's. You can go back and replay missions. And there's optional missions? Um, Side quests? Or side I don't think there's side side missions in terms of that. I mean, like it plays out like a storybook. You're, you're not going selling through, it. Going super, you're not selling super well for me. Well, I mean, I'm also really rusty. Again, I haven't. No, I have not bad, committed a lot of time. No, I okay. think that's definitely the opposite of what um, everybody thinks of Valkyria Chronicles. Sounds like a bad game. No, I don't think that's, that's the case at all. So maybe I'll get to that eventually as well, but I don't really have time for bad games. So sure. Um, yeah. So that's basically all she wrote. Okay. Yeah. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this. It's kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. P.S. I love you. XOXO. We post it every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on kind of funny.com, of course, which is youtube.com slash kind of funny games as well. And podcast services around the globe as an MP3. So make sure you like, subscribe, share, get it wherever the hell you get it and just enjoy yourself. All right. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are 17 items. On a the baker's dozen. A lot of news today, uh, this week, but a lot of like financial news and things of this nature. But we'll start with the most interesting of all, I think. Number one, PlayStation 4 was once again the best-selling game console in the United States this time for the month of April 2016. Now, why does my mouse not work? Like, my mouse is kind of like, you know... Shit in the bed. It's a thing here where... Sucking. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, in addition, MPD has reported the top 10 best-selling games for the month at retail in the U.S., they are in order Dark Souls 3, Ratchet and Clank, Ooh. MLB 16 The Show, The Division, Grand Theft Auto 5, Minecraft, Quantum Break, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, NBA 2K16, and Star Fox Zero. Of the multiplat games, Dark Souls 3, The Division, Grand Theft Auto 5, and NBA 2K16 sold best on PS4, while Minecraft and Call of Duty Black Ops 3 sold best on Xbox One. Ratchet and Clank and MLB 16 The Show are PlayStation exclusives. The show sold better on PS4 than PS3. No Vita version this year. And Quantum Break is an Xbox One exclusive and Star Fox Zero is a Wii U exclusive. So mm-hmm. uh, many congratulations to Ratchet and Clank, which uh, sold exceptionally well. And I assume continues. So um, well. I assume surpassed their expectations, but who knows if that's true or not. Number two, Hideo Kojima has given an interview with Japanese magazine Famitsu is translated and passed along by Silicon Era that shed some light on how his deal with Sony came together and what we might expect from the new game. So instead of like kind of boiling this down, I'm just going to go and read the questions and answers. Okay, I'll allow that. <clears throat> Again, this is from Silicon Era. The question for, uh, posed by Famitsu says, after leaving Konami, you immediately opened a new studio, but did you actually want to take some time off? He says, quote, I did want to get some rest, but taking some rest means my life tempo will go out of order and nobody would forgive me for that. I'll need about a year to warm up. As for now, we made the logo and webpage, been at a temporary office, end quote. Thank you, Kojima. Um, he says about the logo, quote, I can't say yet, but the secret is found in the logo. The whole body of the logo actually looks super cool, and we're planning on making it into a figure. And I think he's talked more about this since. Um, but well, There I was a whole bunch of uh, f- terrible photoshops he was retweeting yesterday of the logo being put on all manner of body. <laughs> uh, the reason for making the first title with Sony, quote, this is my favorite. Okay. This is awesome. Okay. 
I've had offers come from all around the world, but they all work in Hollywood method, and I didn't feel like doing any kind of detailed presentation. <laughs> that's when I was wondering who would trust me and trust who would trust me with just a rough concept. And that's when I found Sony. They're giving me a vast amount of freedom, which makes it very easy to work with. End quote. It's an amazing answer. That's awesome. He's basically saying I, I didn't want to do anything. I don't even know what I'm doing. I didn't feel like working that hard. I didn't want to take it's the funny. time off, it's but I didn't awesome want to throw answer. my work cadence either. That's an amazing answer. Good for him. Very honest. Fuck it. He's Hideo Kojima. He can do whatever the hell he wants to. About his new title, quote, it's an amazing game. Along with the plot, characters, and game system, I'm brainstorming everything equally. Some parts are very new, so I'll need to experiment with it. I won't say that it's an open world title, but those that enjoy playing today's AAA titles, such as The Division and Uncharted, will be able to play it smoothly. When it gets announced, some may think it's not it's not as way out as they had expected, but I'm sure they'll understand once they play it. The genre is action, end quote. And then about VR, quote, I'd like to make something for it, but we don't have anyone. I believe VR holds a key to game development. VR gave me a close sense of when I played on the Famicom as a child. I definitely believe that a new world will be born. And that quote was added by Yoji Shinkawa, who's the artist at Kojima Productions. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Some tidbits, a little bit of stuff there. Yeah. You'd expect action from. Sure, I just like the whole like. I, I didn't want to like make a presentation. Anything. I didn't want to go in to talk to anybody. I just called up Shoe. Can I have some money? It's Great, pretty, done. It's a pretty awesome answer. Number three, Disney Infinity has been discontinued, and the studio responsible for the series, Utah-based Avalanche Software, not to be confused with Avalanche, the studio behind Mad Max and Just Cause, which is fine, has been closed. The closure of the studio and elimination of the IP will cost Disney $147 million and around 300 people lost their jobs as a result of the decision. Disney will no longer be publishing video games, according to Ben Fritz of the Wall Street Journal. So our very best goes out to those that lost their jobs, of course. Um, Lots to be said about this. By the way, lots of stories about this circulating on Kotaku and other places about what the what happened behind the scenes, Disney's decision, why they made this and what was going to be in in Disney Infinity 4.0. Which sound awesome. Disney Infinity 4.0 sound like the Disney Infinity everybody wanted from the jump. We'll get that in a second. Brown Bear wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question read and says, hey, Colin and Greg, is the discontinuation of Disney Infinity a big issue for the industry? Even with all the new Disney movies out there and some huge ones on the way, it it isn't making enough money to be continued. Is this just a sign of the times and the way the industry is changing or should we be more worried? Thanks and keep up the good work. Kevin Brown from Ireland. Um, It's an issue. I think it's a I think it's a total. I think this this Toys to Life thing is obviously a gimmick, and I don't think it's going to be around forever. Well, how long's forever? I don't know. Probably not much longer. I mean, I think the only reason Lego we talked about this, I think, Colin and Greg, or maybe on the Games Cast. So there's a detailed topic. conversation about this. We don't want to retread it. Sure, know, there are some crossover listeners. Um, this is was predictable, and Lego, I think, is the salvation of this simply because Le- the Lego has more utility than just the on like the in game the figures. Thing. This is what it comes down to, Greg. This isn't a cheap way to play games. Mm-hmm. And if this is really targeted at children, and it is, then this isn't a sustainable way to play games. Why do I have to buy a $60 game, or maybe more than that, to buy the portal and all this kind of stuff, and then I have to buy toys to activate things that are in the game? It doesn't make any sense when you have these robust experiences that are $60 out of the gate. Like, it's just, it's all these extra steps. And I think that, I mean, first of all, Disney had a significant write-down on this of basically the equivalent of three AAA budgets mm-hmm. i mean that's a lot of money a lost. lot of money so the capital investment in making these games is high 300 people lost their jobs at that studio so there's a lot of people working on this game and then there's it's not just the game and making the game it's making the toys and QAing all that kind of stuff and molding it and finding retail partners and shipping more things and you have to buy more things to sell more things and there was one of these stories saying like that they ate like a million hulk figures because they made too many of them and so yeah like, they, like, they anticipated that being super popular and didn't so there's out. all these ways to fuck up 
Right. And, and that was the thing is that the game from what they were saying was selling well. It was received well, but it was the cost of making too many figures. And I think parents are going to become privy to this kind of thing because now there's a whole I don't know how many hundreds of thousands or millions of people that bought these games mm-hmm. there that, you know, parents are being like, well, we got burned like this is over now and we could have chosen Skylanders and now Legos out and my kids are older now. Whatever. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. And you just don't hear that about $60 games in a static sort of way. So I think that the market's kind of kept catching up with this thing. Now, Skylanders was very profitable because it was first and Lego is going to be very profitable or is very profitable because it's Lego. But I think that that's basically the end of the line. And as I said on the Gamescast, it's stupid to have to buy these toys and put them on portals to unlock things in a game you already purchased. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. If you if if in other words, if the entire amalgamation of things you needed to make the $60 game were all $60 in totality and the game was free or something like that. Yeah. Then that's a different story. But why am I buying these figures to put on this portal to unlock things in a game I already bought? And then how do parents receive that? Because you're the rarity, right? You're not the person that these games are made for. You're not, you know, maybe for Lego. I think I am for Lego. But Des- Disney and Infinity, Trevor certainly not. And Skylanders, certainly not. No, Skylanders is a kid's game. And um, that's why Skylanders is from Lego is a kid's game too that has more ubiquity. Right? Sure. But I'm saying like Skylanders is directly aimed at children there's no way around it lego is i think they understand how wide their audience is and that's why they go and double down on 80 80s franchises and make those 80s franchises really good and not fucking weak which is the problem with disney infinity's marvel stuff when i sat down and played disney infinity's marvel stuff i was like oof this is shallow this isn't a spider-man action you know rpg to an extent you know i mean this isn't walking around like playing x-men's legends which is what i thought it was going to be when i heard about it you sat down you played him you're like oh this game doesn't fulfill the promise of being these characters. Whereas with Skylanders, they're creating something from the ground for children, for toys that can be carried around and split in half and kids can have a fun time and then smash them together and have fun. And then Lego is this thing where, yeah, I think it's a great avenue of kids are going to love kids, love Legos, kids love video games. Here we go. And like, I mean, you know what I always talk about not to be, you know, the same drama I always do is like well, some of the problems, the pain points you're pointing out are sub, you know, not a problem with Lego in terms of you buy the starter pack with your three figures in there. And then anytime you run into something that you don't have the guy for, you can hire a hero with in-game currency to go out and do it. You don't need the figures, but if you want the figures, but I think the fact that they are, it's back to the future and it's portal and it's all these adult, it's all these adult nerdy things is speaking to the fact that they understand that that's in the humor in the game and the, you know, the, I guess mainly just the humor and the storytelling of the game and the way how cool it is to see your favorite franchises from a kid matched up speak more to I think me and Trevor Starkey and everybody else I see tweeting me photos of their collection and it's the same way too of like yeah I don't need Slimer but I bought Slimer to make sure I had him and that's wave five now you know what I mean that's a game that I would have platinum and put away like every other Lego game right you figure when they sell me Lego Marvel I sit down and I platinum Lego Marvel and then I put it down and never play it again never put any more money into it maybe the DLC but maybe not Whereas this one, I'm still buying. I'm super stoked to see if they're going to say anything at E3 about what the next waves are. What's interesting for me, though, is the takeaway I have from his question is, is it a big issue for the industry? I don't go the doom and gloom side of Toys of Life. I think Toys of Life still has a future. Is it forever? No, nothing's forever, I don't think. I mean, unless you're talking about, like, genres of RPG or whatever. But yeah, just like the music game, eventually nobody's going to want peripherals and all this other crap floating around their house. Um, is it a big issue for the industry? I think it's a. I think, honestly, for me, it's... 
it sucks for everybody who lost their job. It sucks for all this stuff. I think the silver lining is that it's an interesting business move wake up call for the industry. It is Disney saying, cool, publishing games is hard and we don't want to do that. We want to go have partners that do all of that. We want to partner with Telltale for a Marvel game. There, we've talked about it on this show, this rumor that Spider-Man, which is a Disney property now, is going to be made by Sucker Punch and be PlayStation exclusive, which sounds fucking crazy, but in this world, that doesn't sound that crazy. That does sound like, man, we are done publishing games, everybody. We don't want to... F- we, we understand... Like, Look at what they've done with Star Wars. We're done publishing games and we want to do these franchises. Anything we do with Marvel or Star Wars or Disney, we want to do right and we want it to be awesome and we don't want the reviews we got for Infinity. We don't want people walking away saying... It was almost there, but it wasn't there. So fuck it. We won't publish games anymore. We'll instead sign partnership agreements with. We'll bring in the best people. So what do we want to make? We want to make a Spider-Man game. Who does awesome Spider-Man stuff or open world superhero stuff? Sucker Punch. And then, I mean, granted, we're way out into hypothetical situation right now. But that's an exciting business move for me, the gamer. And I don't mean it as the PlayStation guy. I mean it as somebody saying like, all right, cool. Let's look at what Activision did with Spider-Man. Oh, fuck. No, let's not crap out games. Let's get awesome people. Let's do what we're doing with Star Wars for Marvel. Let's do what we're doing for, with for Disney. Like that's is it is it a big issue for the industry? I think it's a big moment for the industry if that's how it is. If it is Disney saying our video game catalog is important to us. Our video ca- catalog matters to us. Let's not half ass it. Let's get the best of the best and go make games. Yeah, I think that uh, we will see how it all pans out, but uh, the write down will have a chilling effect. Sure. Um, and uh, because you can make so many games with that much money, um, or you can make at least a few big games with that money that they just wrote wrote down. Um, and uh, I do think that there's just this issue, as I, I, I thought about only for the first time, really, after peripheral like just thinking about video game peripherals and this really bodes not well maybe for vr is like there's no successful video game peripheral yeah like when you really think about it what is the successful ubiquitous video game peripheral so like yeah rock band and guitar hero had their day um but they fell too right like waggling had its day yep uh the guns had their yeah, day. the white guns had their day and super scope and and the zapper and all that kind of stuff had it had their day but Nothing really has changed the way we play games with the exception of a few like the analog sticks and the internet and stuff like that. Like none of these. So that the most popular toys to life thing is really Amiibo. And that's only because it's the only way to buy good Nintendo figurines. figurines. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about how, how what they and, that, and the that's games. the thing too, where I think that's you know when we bring it in, that's a completely different audience in terms of how it works out, right? Like Amiibos aren't bought to be put into the games. 95% of the time, I'll say. And I also think that Amiibo is based on, again, echo chamber, Twitter feeds, whatever. But based on all of our friends, it's not kids buying Amiibos. It is Pear and Jose and Altano buying a million this and then Panda Musk bringing them weird ass gold mart. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it is this collector frenzy to it. And sure. that, that's cool and that's great. And that's something completely different, is it though. Cool? I think so. But is I like cool? I like fandom like that. Real quick, one is more thing cool? on this Disney thing. Well, I mean, for anything else that we would say is cool on this show, I think that's cool. I don't know when we're sitting here talking about our cool variant Vitas. <laughs> we have any stones to throw. J.D. Morale wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hello, Colin and Greg. Hello. Now that Disney has stopped publishing games and canceled Infinity altogether, what are the chances that Star Wars and Marvel go to Lego Dimensions? It seems perfect to me. Your thoughts, Joe. 1,000 fucking percent that's going to happen. I remember I've said it before, and I think maybe if I would have been... We always get to this point where you like... 
look back and like, why didn't we read the tea leaves a bit differently on this? When I remember when Disney Infinity happened and then Lego Dimensions happened, I was like, fuck, that's awesome. But like, clearly they're going to ride out this Lego Marvel deal. They'll do their last Lego Marvel Avengers game and then that'll be the end of it. And then we'll never get another Lego Star Wars. And and then they're like Lego Force Awakens. And that was should have been the first sign of like, oh, Disney's not doing video games the way you'd expect someone who publishes video games to do video games. And it's because even then they probably knew that they were getting out of it or that they were going to start doing this partnership deal of like, let's go to the best. Who are the best people? Who are the best? You know, who do we have relationships with? What do our fans want? And fans have since the get go of that. I mean, remember Lego Dimensions got uh, put out. People took their Lego Star Wars figures they had and put them on their bases of dimensions and put them down and took a photo of it. And we're like, this would be amazing. And so you see that in like Force Awakens. And so sure, now that that's done 100%, I think you see Lego Marvel in there. I think you see Lego Star Wars in there. And I think that's a huge win for dimensions as well, where I bet if we were, I, this is the, always the fun, weird, I wish we could be flying the wall because these guys speak English too. Whenever like, we're, I wish we'd be in the flying the wall in Sony Japan, we wouldn't understand anything. Right. You need but to be if, a Japanese fly. If I could be over there in good old England. Right. Oh, hey, Governor, just a fly in the wall, don't you know? Hmm. Here, I, I, my imagination is that like certain packs come out and sell gangbusters, and then I think, and I think it's that it is the portals and it is the Ghostbusters and it is to an extent the DC stuff, and I bet that it's like. I bet Scooby Doo didn't do not as much. I bet that like Ninjago doesn't do that much. And I don't know. But again, that's just like, I don't give a shit about Ninjago, but I expect most of the people who care about what we say and play Lego Dimensions and talk about how much money they've burned. They send me photos of their stuff and I don't see Ninjago figures in there. I see Jurassic World. I see Portal. I see the Ghostbusters. You see a lot of shame? No, no shame. I, there are a lot of people putting them in the collector in little cases that I like a lot. I, I just bought my second toolbox to house all my... Uh, Lego Dimensions guys, yeah. so I'm gonna have one that's just the people, and then the one that's just the cars and Gotta accessories. Gotta yeah. Uh, number four, The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt's substantial piece of story DLC, Blood and Wine, has a release date, and it's only a day off from earlier rumors, which I think we reported on last week. The DLC will launch on PS4 and other platforms on May 31st. Its main story will take around 20 hours to complete. It has 90 quests within, 40 points of interest, 30 new weapons, 100 pieces of armor, and 20 new monsters, amongst other new stuff. So I'm sure there's a lot of people looking forward to that. And you are only a few weeks or a couple weeks away from playing it so congratulations go witcher fans be free number five sony has revealed the best-selling digitally released games for the month of april 2016 the top 10 best-selling games at digital on ps4 were in order dark souls 3 ratchet and clank rocket league mlb 16 the show minecraft the division grand theft auto 5 enter the gungeon beyond two souls and the order 1886 beyond two souls on ps3 the top 10 best-selling games were in order minecraft mlb 16 the show grand theft auto 5 okami hd saints row 4 grand theft auto san andreas call of duty black ops 3 lego marvel superheroes little big planet 3 and bayonetta the top 10 best-selling vita games digitally in order were severed Digimon Story, Cyber Sleuth, Risk of Rain, Persona 4 Golden, Axiom Verge, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto, PS Vita Collection, which I have no idea what that is. Is that Liberty City? That's yeah, the, the, the PSP games. And uh, Chinatown Wars. And Chinatown Wars. XCOM, Enemy Unknown Plus, Shovel Knight, and Civilization Revolution 2 Plus. The top 10 best-selling PlayStation classics were, in order, Bully, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Rogue Galaxy, Manhunt, Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, Max Payne, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Mega Man Legends 2, Mega Man Legends, and Suikoden 2. Fallout 4, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Division, and Star Wars Battlefront graced the top DLC list for PS4, while Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Call of Duty, Black Ops 2, and a few others dominated the PS3 DLC charts. Big takeaway, of course, uh, Severed, number one best-selling games in only five days on the market Woo! in that period. People love that Vita. Get them games. Um, also, another takeaway is the same takeaway all the time, that Rockstar and Take-Two must be making hand-over-fist money on PS Classics. Sure. Um, because they're always within 50, 60, 70% of that chart. 
Number six. New information is coming for Gran Turismo Sport, the upcoming all-new entry in the Gran Turismo franchise, and that information may be out by the time you hear this. Oh, no. On May 19th, Polyphony Digital will stream new footage of the game as well as a ton of new information about it. We'll report back on next week's episode with all we learned, so you can look forward to that. Please look forward to it. I bet they talk about cars. Maybe motorcycles if you're lucky. Please look forward to it. I'm sure there'll be a very long segment about damage and how it's there, but it's not severe. And um, we'll talk about shifting. Number seven, that's enough. Number seven, a sequel to Star Wars Battlefront is coming sooner than you might think. EA has revealed that Battlefront 2 will launch in 2017 with the visceral developed Star Wars game being penned by Uncharted creator Amy Hennig is aiming for a 2018 release date. Battlefront 2 may focus more on the new movies, something that hasn't been possible uh, since the original Battlefront came out in 2015. EA Motive, on the other hand, is helping out on Visceral's game, while the already reported Respawn Star Wars game is also in the works, allowing EA to release a Star Wars game every year for the next three or four years. Dang! So that's going to be big for them. Yeah. Very big. I want that Amy game. Battlefront 2, fine, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully it has like a story. Yeah. Number eight. Sega appears to be interested in releasing Shenmue and Shenmue 2 in the form of HD remasters, though it's unclear if it's possible at all and when that may happen. Sega's European community manager, Dan Sheridan, said Sega would love to release the games, but doing so isn't so easy when speaking on a podcast transcribed by GameSpot. Quote, Sadly, it's not as simple as porting the games to the current platforms. We need to ensure that any HD remaster lives up to the quality of the original titles. With games as immersive as Shenmue and Shenmue 2, there are further complications involving licensed products that were included in the original games. That said, we'd love to do it, and we are currently investigating how to make it a reality, end quote. So I think that you will see those games coming out on PS4, Xbox One, PC. I'm sure you're stoked about it. I, I don't care about Shenmue. You love Sailor. It's interesting. I mean, Shenmue is interesting. Yeah. I think it's, that's one of those games that if you didn't play it at the time, I think you've heard so much about that you would pick up and then you'd go, wait, why the fuck did anybody want a third one of these? Yep. Why are people right. so into this? Why yep. are people so into this game? What is right. going on with this guy in a jacket? I think you're right. Number nine. How's Battleborn doing? It's unclear, though. Videogamer.com seems to have some data suggesting the game is at the very least doing OK. The game's creative director, Randy Varnell, noted in a Twitch stream that the studio is, quote, cautious, cautiously optimistic, end quote, about the title and that the launch was, quote, pretty good, end quote. Battleborn is supposedly tracking just ahead of Borderlands sales when compared for time. And Borderlands sold some 8 million units lifetime. It's worth noting that Borderlands sales were a very slow burn. And Borderlands, I would be shocked if, if they came anywhere near Borderlands. Sales. I 100% agree with that. But I'd be interested to see how Battleborn's doing. I don't believe that it's doing well. I Space still don't Ghost it. wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and said, Hey guys, earlier this week we got word from Gearbox that Battleborn sales were pretty good and that they were cautiously optimistic about it reaching something similar to Borderlands 1. Colin has repeatedly said that Battleborn would bomb. Might be wrong. Need to wait for official numbers. Do you feel that Overwatch has room in the marketplace or did Battleborn eat its lunch? Thanks, gentlemen. Overwatch is going to clobber Battleborn. I know. Overwatch had 10 million beta players. 10 million. For comparison's sake, Gears of War 4, which is going to be very healthy on the market, had 1.5 million beta players. Yeah. Overwatch had 10 million people play its beta. People won't shut up about Overwatch. Don't worry about it. I think, yeah, Battleborn is... No. No, you don't have to worry about it. So there's ways to kind of figure out how games are doing with the hardcore, and I think that this is a game that's going to be... Battleborn? But yeah, but Battleborn. Just is make sure be, yeah, Battleborn's going to be a game that's going to be kind of live or die by the hardcore. So let me give you an example. Live and let die. Uh... Battleborn, according to PSN profiles, now PSN profiles doesn't track everyone's profiles at all, and not even close, but hardcore gamers, people that basically put their profile in and are tracked, has 2,592 game owners, right? Um, for comparison's sake, let's just go and see what Uncharted 4 has. Okay. Uncharted 4 has 35,415 players. 
Um, and Drake's Fortune Remastered has 91,000. So just from the remastered from sure. PS4. If you look at new games being yeah, released... Give me a new IP to compare Battleborn to. Well, I'm just looking at new games here. So Doom already has 3,300. It came out Friday, yeah. right? Um, Shadow Complex Remastered, 459. That's a $20 downloadable game. Tabletop Racing World Tour, 24,000, but that's because it's free. Ah. Um, the Park, 475. So it's doing better than... Um, some other games around it being that it's a retail game that seems like the performance might be decent but there are 2.67 million gamers tracked on PSM profile so it's not a lot that's a, that's a cross section of PlayStation gamers probably core PlayStation gamers but not the hardest of the hardcore but certainly not indicative necessarily of the 40 million people with a PS4 or the 80 million with a PS3 or the 12 or 13 million with a Vita so much like polling, you have to kind of take these things and be like, assume that it's being spread across. My assumption is that these numbers are actually actually track high, and that if you divided those numbers in, you'd probably have to subtract maybe even 50%, because these are core gamers, mm -hmm. you know, that play nerdy-ass games like Battleborn or Uncharted. So my takeaway, it's not doing well at all. But, you know, we'll see how, you know, if they can spin that, and I'm sure that they'll release numbers, or maybe they will, maybe they won't. I bet they won't release numbers. If they don't, you know it's not doing well. Yeah, 100%. Number but I just don't think, I mean, like, I don't, I think this is the best you can spin it. It's tracking ahead of Borderlands. Yeah, no one gave a fuck about Borderlands. I am 100%, yeah. I agree with you, I understand that. That's but what I, I remember about Borderlands was that for historians, it, took a, it took a year for people to really like it. Yeah, to claim it in Broadway, playing it every fucking night to like, be like, this is a big deal. I remember deal, playing it, yeah, like, late, like a few months later, I was like, this is a great game. But I'm, and I was way more connected than most people at the time. So Borderlands selling seven or eight million copies, people love Borderlands. And people went back and bought Borderlands for years. So I don't know. Like Borderlands 2 had people go back and buy Borderlands. I just I'm not I'm not convinced at all. Number 10, it appears Dark Souls 3 is a commercial success. Gamacho reports that the game has shipped 3 million units, bringing the Dark Souls series shipment to 13 million units. Half of the shipment went to North America, another 1 million went to Europe, and 500,000 shipped in Japan and elsewhere in Asia. This doesn't seem to account for digital sales, and it's important to note that shipments don't necessarily equate to immediate sales. But nonetheless, Dark Souls 3 is, I think, the fastest selling Namco Bandai game. Suck it, Pac-Man. Something like that. Don't hold me to that. Number 11. Square Enix's business appears to be booming. Revenues are up 27.5% year over year and profit is up a staggering 102.3% year over year. Net sales of gaming specifically was up 42% year over year and profit from gaming was up 58.9% year over year. The publisher praised Tomb Raider and Just Cause 3 as solid sellers as well as a series of strong smartphone and MMO performers. Hmm. Um, so MMO like Dragon Quest X, Final Fantasy XIV. Um, they'll be releasing games like Deus Ex and Final Fantasy XV and Tomb Raider on PS4 this year. So... Um, they should be in good shape. Although I think that Final Fantasy 15 is going to take a lot of. I was going to say Final investment. Fantasy is going to be very, very interesting. Number 12, Resident Evil Zero HD, which launched in January, has sold an impressive 800,000 copies, according to Capcom's own financial report for its fiscal year. The sales were only counted through the end of March and represented the second successful launch of an HD re-release of a Resident Evil game within 12 months as Remake, which is the re re GameCube remake of Resident Evil, which was then HDIs for PS4, also sold very well in 2015. The game performed favorably, in quotes, according to Capcom, and may prime a path for Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 re-releases as the year moves on, and obviously we're already into that cycle. Um, hopefully towards the reveal and possible release of a new Resident Evil game, which we talk about on the Gamescast this week, so I won't uh, bore anyone with that. Number 13, Capcom CEO Kenzo Sujimoto admitted that Street Fighter V may have not been ready for primetime. In its earnings report, Sujimoto said that, quote, it's best to spend a little more time in developing and running a high-quality title that will perform well globally. Ellipsis. 
Some aspects of Street Fighter V needed more polish, such as the lack of content and server issues at launch. Accordingly, we feel it's better to give a little more time to development than before, and have made slight adjustments to our portfolio. End quote. Just slight. Obviously, as we reported last week, Street Fighter V undersold significantly. About 600,000 copies, I think. Where they thought it was going to be. Yeah, come on. 600,000, no big deal. It's millions That's just one truck. That's just one truck. Number 14. Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmont predicts that there will be one more generation of consoles before streaming takes everything over. And a Ubisoft earnings call is relayed by GameSpot. Gilmont said, quote, now on the console side, we expect there will be new consoles that are going to make this market continue to grow. And we feel we still have another generation of consoles before we have new types of consoles coming to market. Ellipsis. We believe in streaming, but it demands a lot of bandwidth. We think it's going to grow, but today, with the types of games we have, it will still take a bit more time to be popular. For the new consoles, there's nothing official on that, so my expectation is we will have another cycle of consoles before we go to streaming. I don't have dates or anything, but what I see is the manufacturers would prefer to have, again, a new hardware to take up the potential of the new possibilities that they can bring. And I feel that the last transition was very smooth, and the volume that was brought by consumers was very high, high, was very high quickly. So we don't see a transition now as a potential problem. We see that as more of a way to boost the market, end quote. That's the end of the story, but now Greg's left. I'm a little scared because I don't know. Could it be the Waterman, but he's already back. Is it? No, he's not back. Is it the Waterman? There's some clinging and clanging. Doors opening and closing. There's no scuffling going on. No screaming or yelling. Greg's stomping up the stairs like a Clydesdale. He's closing the door. He has packages in his hands. What do we got? Yeah. Top secret baggage. Boring. All right. Number no fi- water, man. Number 15. The division is officially a commercial success. Ubisoft revealed that the game has 9.5 million registered users and that active users, which they didn't reveal a number for, are spending three hours on average in the game each day. Uh, Far Cry Primal exceeded expectations, selling better than any game Ubisoft ever released in February. Is that the end? That's the end of that. I still don't believe that division stuff. That That's that's a spin. Because the Division stuff is not going well. Because I said on Colin and Greg Live when we read that story, right? That's great. I, I, what a great number of like people who've played the Division. and like. The, but then, like you say in the story, you know, oh, they're spending three hours a night, but they didn't realize how many people are actively playing it. The drop-off I've seen and talking to, like, you know, even Ty, who, you know what I mean? Ty and Fran, we were all so gung-ho on it, so into it. None of us are playing it. And Ty's like, I'm not. I was talking to him this week. He's like, I'm not going back to the division ever again, probably. And you look at the Reddit and everyone's furious. And you look at the posts from the developer who are like, we know we fucked up the first expansion, first patch, whatever. Like, we're going to work hard not to have that. There won't be exploits. There won't be this. There won't be that. PC's totally fucked with hackers and stuff like this. I don't know. I think there's a there's a dark story happening beneath the surface of that. And wh- how much they talk about division from here on out will be interesting. And well, not I'm to sure. mention if they can salvage it when they put out more stuff. I think they will. I mean, I think we'll see a sequel probably sooner. So yeah, like I, I, agree think with we'll that. See, I think we'll see the ex I think the expectation all right, so this will probably be the opposite of the way that um, Destiny that Destiny was treated and that Destiny two is supposed to be out way sooner than they thought, and then they, Destiny was so popular that they're like, oh, we can kind of squeeze water from a stone or blood from a stone, is that blood from a stone, yeah. Um and uh I think you'll see the opposite with this where they probably had these lofty plans to let the division breathe and they're probably being like, We really actually need to make the sequel quicker. Yeah. Because I feel like everyone's run off that. No one talks about that. Just I mean, I never, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time with it and 40 plus hours Yeah. and I got to level 28 or something like that. I'm so close. So like just capping and beating the game. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. But I did to its credit. I was in it for a minute. I yeah. liked that. Game. Oh, I, I, I totally I dug the division. It wasn't, but until I did not play it after they patch it. Once we hit level 30 and we went out and I was like, oh fuck, 
this is the treadmill. This is all there is, is this gear treadmill of going out and running the same things and spending my replay tokens. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, you lost me. Let's see here. What's happening behind me? Why do you keep looking at this? I'm looking happening? at the clock. You're doing fine. You're doing great. It's still running. Well, I just like to make sure that we're not spending too much time on this news. I always, I always look at the clock. I like looking at it. Number 16. Titanfall 2 is coming in the 2016 calendar year, and EA is anticipating good sales of the game, even as it launches close in proximity to another EA shooter also releasing in late 2016, Battlefield 1. GameSpot reports that CEO Andrew Wilson says, quote, shooters are a giant category in our industry, $4.5 billion. There's a very broad, diverse set of players who are looking to fulfill different gameplay motivations. Some people play very quick play. Some people play more strategic. Some people want both in different contexts. We feel we have a really strong position to deliver the broader set of gameplay mechanics as it relates to the first person shooter genre across two titles. I feel very confident that we are well positioned to do very well in the category this year. Ellipsis. Titanfall 2 has evolved substantially from the first Titanfall. It will be on both platforms, which obviously means a bigger audience for Titanfall, particularly with the Sony platform, which hasn't experienced Titanfall before. But at the same time, obviously, the attach won't be anywhere near as high as it was with Titanfall because it was one of the first AAA titles for the new Xbox One. We think you're going to see numbers clearly larger than our first Titanfall. We've got expectations for it, but we try to be prudent in how we forecast that in our guidance. End quote. Be prudent. That to me says that um, Titanfall is not going to be a big seller for them. It will sell mm-hmm. a few million copies probably. Yeah. But I don't, I think that, I don't want to be too bold in, in my assertion, but I think Titanfall's kind of come and gone. Like, I, mm, I don't know that releasing Titanfall 2 in the fall is a good idea. If I were them, I wouldn't release it in the fall. I would release it in the summer. Spring. I'd release it in the spring. Yeah, spring would make sense. Um, just with, I don't care how many, how people are nailing the new Call of Duty, that game's going to sell 15 million copies. Battlefield 1 is going to sell a ton of copies. People are still playing Battlefront. They're still engaged in the division or Destiny or whatever is going to, you know, sure, like sure, there's sure. other things like I just don't know that this is a smart move to wedge Titanfall in there. Yeah, um, I think it would make more sense to let it stand out in the spring because yeah. it is an interesting game. I do. I love Titanfall one. I'm excited for Titanfall two, but in a crowded holiday market, I don't know how much I'll be playing and how much you'll be jumping in there. How many am I still regening and all this shit? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm excited. I want to play because I want to. I like the mechanics of the original Titanfall. I just don't want to play online. And I like the idea of a campaign. I think that'd be great. So I'm in it and I want to play it. Yeah. Two things. Will the original Titanfall get released on PS4? I don't think that's possible. I don't know the exact answer to that. Mm. That seems to be a deal that was worked out. I think. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. But that's what we said about Mass Effect. But it took five years for though, so I wonder yeah. if that's the same kind totally, of deal. Totally. I, yeah, I, I remember when the original Mass Effect came to PS3, I was like, this is unbelievable. Because I really didn't expect that that was going to happen. But yeah. Weirder things have happened. Number 17. Roguelike RPG Mystery Chronicles this is the wrap up, by the way. Yeah. Roguelike RPG Mystery Chronicle One Way Heroics is coming to PS4 and Vita this summer. Puzzle game Four Sided Fantasy comes to PS4 this summer. And finally, if you're still rocking PS3A, last gen Call of Duty collection is launching this week. And contains all three Modern Warfare games at a reduced cost. I think it's $30. I think all the games have some sort of online component, but I'm not sure you have to look into that. Some DLC. But again, look into that if you're interested in buying it before you do. I, you know, I don't know much about it. That's it for the news. Colin, I'm interested in this year roguelike on Vita you just talked about. But that's not coming out to the summer. If I want to know what stores had mom and grop games this week and things had come to digital warehouses and stores had been updated by Andrew Kelly, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. Okay, let's see. What was that? Hold on a second. No, that's your Twitter. That's Long Island. Your Twitter header is Long Island. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Cuba Color comes to PS4. It's a digital game out the 20th. So this is a... 
Friday release. Immerse yourself in the world of QB color. And that's C-U-B-I-K-O-L-O-R. I don't like anything about what I've heard so Armed far. Armed only with your logic and your cube. With a K. Move through 150 le- the 150 levels outwitting the traps in the system. Proper noun. An evil scheming entity to, confor- to confront the machine and pass the test. Will you achieve the highest score? Let me read that all again. Immerse yourself in the world of Cubicolor. Armed with only your logic and your cube. Move through the 150 levels outwitting the traps in the system. An evil scheming entity to confront the machine and pass the test. Will you achieve the highest score? I don't know what the hell is going on there. Homefront the Revolution comes to PS4 digital and retail. Homefront the Revolution is an open world first person shooter where you lead the resistance movement and wage guerrilla warfare against a superior military force to ignite the revolution. The dynamic evolving world responds to your actions as an oppressed nation rises up in defiance against the occupation. Now, this is the one thing that frustrates me is that the original Homefront ends with them sparking the revolution. So why didn't they just leave that as canon? You know, because they wanted to to jump in. They just wanted to jump in. You don't want you to have to go play this first game that they didn't have. They didn't sell. Letter Quest Remastered. I bet you the original Homefront sells better than this one. Oh, I agree. Letter Quest Remastered PS4 and PS Vita. For, time out. I mean, that, that's not even fair. For, the original Homefront had one of the most aggressive marketing campaigns we had ever seen for especially for a THQ middle of the pack uh, uh, developer, publisher, everything, everybody on that. Slide. Remember when you'd go down to San Francisco Get on the Muni and every fucking sign had Homefront on there. And they didn't they get in trouble when they released balloons into the air. And like they were doing all sorts of crazy shit for Homefront. You couldn't go anywhere and not see Homefront. This one, I didn't even know what the real release date is. No one did. Guaranteed it sells better. Sold Homefront the Revolution, PS4, digital retail. We read that one already. Next, Letter Quest Remastered, PS4, Vita, digital, cross buy. Ever wondered what would happen if you cross Scrabble with an RPG? Oh, God, no. Now you don't have to because LetterQuest is here. Help Grim and Rose, a couple of adorable Grim Reapers, defeat monsters, ghosts, evil bunnies, and more using the power of words. I like that. I think I like that one. That's a good idea. Life Goes On, Done to Death, comes to PS4 Digital. Life Goes On is a comically morbid platformer where you guide heroic knights to their demise and use their dead bodies to solve puzzles. Oh, cool. On your quest to find the cup of life, you will summon night after night to be brutally sacrificed and life goes on. Death is not a setback. It is the only means to success. My Night Job comes to PS4 Digital. (laughs) Black Knight, an abandoned mansion and a bunch of monsters. Sounds like the perfect job. Players will have to use a variety of weapons to save their skin and master the challenge of leading survivors to safety while also defending the building from invaders. Use more than 60 weapons from vases and floor lamps to chainsaws, shotguns, and ginormous hammers. Could be interesting. Sure. Perfect Universe comes to PS4 Digital. Perfect Universe is a collection of nine game modes with both single and local multiplayer options varying in complexity, all tied together with a beautiful art style and highly detailed environments. You have got to write better fucking things than this. What is this game? Piss me off now. It's a perfect universe. Rugby League Live 3 comes to PS4 and PS3 Digital. It's footy season. I'm not reading the rest of this. Thank you. Shadow of the Beast comes to PS4 digital. Explore the alien landscape of Care Moon, a f- world filled with beauty, brutality, and mystery on a lone quest to overthrow the malevolent tyrant Maltoth. Survive epic boss battles and tackle hordes of enemies in ferocious adrenaline-fueled action. Develop abilities with skill points earned from the death of your opponents, unlocking increasingly brutal moves as you draw power from the blood of your foes. This is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Shadwen comes to PS4 Digital. Shadwen is a stealth action game where the only rule is to remain unseen. Stay hidden or the ruthless guards will kill you on sight. Shadwen, an assassin, has a chance encounter with an orphan girl, Lily. Lily follows Shadwen on her dangerous journey, but when the guards get too close, Shadwen must take action right in front of Lily's eyes. Oh my god. Sounds like two different things that you just wrote and put them together. Soft Body comes to PS4 Digital. 
Yeah. Soft Body is a meditative action game where you control two beautiful gooey snakes at the same time. Yeah. In the game, you paint the world with your body, and as you do so, the world changes around you and reveals new obstacles and challenges. Although the action is tense, the mood and aesthetic are contemplative and calm. That seems like a weird mashup then. Valkyria Chronicles Remastered comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Valkyria Chronicles is back and now beautifully remastered in HD for PS4. It was already in HD, wasn't it? It was on PS3. Now with brand new trophies and the previously released DLC preloaded. Take advantage of the visually distinctive classic. Mm. Do it. Vev Viva X Vivo comes to PS4 Digital. Vev Viva X Vivo is a unique pick up and play action game and with puzzle and survival elements. Players take control of a virtual Eukarya. How do you say that? This is a word I've actually seen before. It's a it's a bio a biology word. This one. Oh. I'm Eukaryote. Let's look. Let's have a dictionary tell What's us. What's a dictionary? Dictionary. How we say this word? Eukaryote. 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 Okay. Let's go back. Players take control of a virtual eukaryote visualizer. Nailed it. A single-celled artificial life form which allows them to explore four distinct microscopic environments. Fresh water, soil, blood, and cerebrospinal fluid. Oh, okay. Stop with your goddamn biology words. Some kind of fucking... We got some kind of goddamn medical bio game over here, huh? Everybody get into Biology 101 with Vev. And finally, Wild Arms 3 comes to PS4. The PS2 Classic, PS4 Digital. Experience Wild Arms 3 on PS4. Desolate wastelands and eroded memories are the remains of a dying world. Sparse settlements provide protection from the harsh environments. Few dare to roam beyond the town's boundaries. The ones that do are proclaimed drivers. The ones that survive are heralded as legendary. Legendary. And that is it. Did you like Wild Arms 3? Not really, no. Okay, I was going to I can remember where that Wild from. Arms 1 and 2 I love. You love those? Like, yeah, okay. 1 is one of my favorite games of all time, as everyone knows. Uh, that is it for the games releasing. That means it's time for topic of the show. Dots, 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 dots. Eukaryote. Eukaryote. Colin, I got a humdinger. I got a humdick. You got a, uh, is it picking up? Because I hate it when we do funny audio bed gags and no, you don't hear them. It just sounds like silence. I got a humdinger of a topic of the show for you. You okay, ready? Tots. Tots, 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 tots. This one comes from Game on Parker, who wrote in and posted it over on kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Call and put on your thinking caps. This involves, you need your imagination. Need multiple thinking caps. You need your imagination for this okay. one. Yeah, well, I know one isn't good enough for you. No. You'll be way too grounded. You'll start talking about Trump and everything. Okay. Hi, Pertillo, Colin, and Greg. This question might bring out the craziness in both of you, but hopefully it will be in a good way. If you could become Shuhei Yoshida for one day, what would you do? Every decision you make will stay set and cannot be changed. I'm just curious to see how both of you would spend your time being Shuhei for one day. Don't get too crazy. Game on Parker. So we wake up or we sign a deal with the devil. So we are 100% aware because that's always the big thing. I wouldn't if it, what is this all a dream? What's happening? Da, da. We already we go into this knowing tomorrow we're gonna wake up as Shuhei Yoshida. We'll be fluent in Japanese. We'll hit, it'll be like a Greenland ring where we're just translated. They're translated. It's no big deal. But when the alarm goes off, we wake up. We hit the alarm. What what are you doing? Hi. Look, it's already happening. And konnichiwa, sumimasan. <laughs> <laughs> um. God, I walk around Japan like a moron when I'm over there. No yeah. idea what I'm doing. Because oh, no, I, I told you the whole thing the first time I went to Japan, where I was like, "Hi." Like when I walk up to someone and I was like, I'm just saying yes. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that the second time I was there too. Anyway, uh, so what I would want to, so there are things, I don't even want to make decisions. There are things I just want to know. Exactly. And so that's, so, and it's not even the things that are happening, it's the things that have happened. 
So Ooh, I would. You're so, on a different so direction. I would, so I don't care about with the future plans. That's whatever. Th- those are already set. So we're not in a day. We're not gonna be able to change those plans. But like, they have budgets and they have. Ga- like, well, I'm not gonna go to Sucker Bunch and be like, "Hey, you've been working on a game for two years, and guess what? Like, we're gonna find another fifty million dollars, and you're gonna recreate your. You know, like. No, no, no. See, what I would what mine would be is that I would have a morning of not a morning of, but I would take like a section of the day for Skype calls, and I would I would call Sucker Punch, and be like, "All right, bring me up to speed. Where are we at? Show me the latest demo. You know what I mean? All right, great. Hang up on them. Call Bend." Fire Eric Jensen. Now show me what he's been working on. <laughs> and they're like, we haven't been working on anything. You told us not to shoot. We have this game called Dead Don't Ride, but... Uh, <laughs> Nobody wants it. No, we're kidding. But we actually haven't made a game. We have a logo. It's a very pretty logo. But we've been sitting here for five years and we can't... It's hard to get to our office and bend, so we have no <laughs> idea what's going on here. Um, I want to know what's happening Naughty Dog. I hit them up. What are they working on? Yeah, that, that's not that... Like, so... Because we'll find answers to those eventually, but what, yeah, to but, me, I would basically spend all day going through my email and reading old shit and listening to old voicemails and like, so I'm sure a company as big as Sony probably has their own historians or their own, their own, um, archivists basically. Like I would be like, I need a dump of like everything that I sent like the entire time I've worked here. I would like do like huge word searches on like whole databases of his emails and like figure out. Cause I do that. There's so much awesome shit in there probably about sure. like canceled games and 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 some difficulties and some successes and things we just will never know about. Way more interesting than finding out what these guys are going to be working on anyway. So that's how I would say, like from 12.01 a.m. until 11.59 p.m. You're just I would be, trolling his I would email. I would be in email and be talking to people and listening to voicemails and like having conversations and maybe find something in there and then go find that person and be like, hey, do you remember this thing? And like, tell me about like. I re- refresh my memory on what happened here. Why did Why did we get away from the boomerang controller? Can you go get me the boomerang controller, please? That's, I want to see the boomerang. I mean, controller. so I'm throwing you a, a, a curve here, but that's the, like that's it. the way you use that time. That's the way you use that time. I mean, sure. And then I come of. back and I tell you everything. No, sure, but I mean, like that's all as usual. Yeah, but that's we could ask you most of those questions. He tell you all that stuff. Mm. Not to mention that I don't 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 forget. She, she did say Horizon was coming out this year, and we don't know whether or not that's true. Did he lie to my face? Like Druckmann did. Now. God also, Neil Druckmann. Think about think it this way so too: of like, cool with e- emails hair. only go so far back. <laughs> he does have beautiful hair. That's what I'm saying. Archivists like, like, but they, but okay, we think they should. Sony, but do they? Sony definitely has everyone's emails. It's a big company from the jump. Yeah, I bet you they do. I don't think they do. Not, I don't think, and I don't, even if it is, I don't think it's easy enough to be like, cool. They come up with like a flash drive in 15 minutes. Here are all your emails. I'm sure that's a process. You've wasted your day. Hopefully there's not some like, fucking know, awkward things in the email. Like, some you know, stupid interns down there. Oh, there's a hundred. That's the other thing too. Is like, you've gone like you're reading his diary. Like you've gone super single white female about it. Like <laughs> I want to know what other people are doing, but I'm not invading shoes privacy. You're going through. There's emails from his family worse. members. You're, per- you're, you're, you're impersonating him to other people to get information. It's the same but thing. I'm just Stop finding things like, out. Come down from I'm your just, ivory tower, sir. I'm just finding things out. I'm not. I'm just going to go great. If, and if they're like, what do you think about it? I'm like, let me sleep on it. Hit me up in the morning. I'm not going to make any big decision. The one big decision I would make is I'd make sure we're getting a Patapon. I'd be like, hey, so hey, I'd hit up everybody. Where where are we off in this Patapon? Where, where, whatever happened with the Patapon, you know, Vita game or the Patapon remaster? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got killed for this. And I'm like, no, nah, that's dumb. Let's get on Kickstarter, huh? The Let's more just get inter- it fucking out. The more interesting mind kind of thing we could like the, the game we can play is if if you were Shue Yoshida and you had $500 million and to spend yeah. and five years, what would you do with it? You know, mm, mm, mm. that's fun. What would you do? Buy studios and probably buy a few studios and then and then see what you know, how much those studios cost. Who are you buying? I mean, I would buy Housemark. Drinkbox? Uh, no, I wouldn't buy Drinkbox. Why not? I think they're great. They're, 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 I'm talking about studios that probably have an interest in being purchased. 
I don't think Dreambox has any interest in being purchased by anyone. I think Housemark would absolutely be a Sony studio. I mean, you think House? Well, but why? They're doing good on their own. They're doing great on their yeah, own. But they only do PlayStation games. Sure. Well, I mean, so I mean, why do you think that they want to be purchased more than Drinkbox wants to be purchased? Because well, I'm saying it's the possibility of that. I don't think that Drinkbox Studios is like a small group of people. They're not. They're not going to be a first party studio. Mm-hmm. Housemark is a little bigger. A little, more, set, yeah, a little, a little. more established in the in the in the right. ecosystem. I'm not. It's no disrespect to our friends at Drinkbox Studio. I hear. It's just so I would I would but I would go invest in some IP and I would I would revive some IP and cancel some games and you know really you wield extraordinarily. What'd you say? You gonna cancel Gran Turismo? I would cancel Gran Turismo. Fire Casanori. Close down both Polyphony offices. You hit the, and thank you, them for their. You hit the button and launch Last Guardian. Just like it's out. Fuck it. We're not waiting till E three. I would release the old version of the Last Guardian. Oh so wow, that'd be funny. That'd be really be like, funny. Actually, we've been trolling you. This game doesn't even exist. <laughs> we have the PS three version. It's been done for four years, and it sucks. Here it is. Yeah, enjoy it, and you'll mm. still buy it, won't you? You're still gonna buy it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, I keep forgetting that game's coming out. I don't even care. About that game anymore. I, really I think don't. that's I, the I, big I, I give a flying fuck about that. That's game the big point. problem. I think with Last Guardian, why I do think pure my, morbid curiosity. One of my point. E3 predictions is I will put locking in now for that show because we got to start gearing up for that eventually. Is the fact that I think it's going to be the and it's out today. It's out right they now. Can't do Download that. it right now. Why not? They're not doing anything because else because they're it. gonna have to flood the cha- the retail channels with it soon. And it's gonna leak. Unless they, they don't have to retail it. You think that's gonna be a digital only game? I mean, how long is this game limped along? A long time. Exactly. What are we expecting out of this? I think you I think you release it as a digital and you put it out for 40 bucks and you set the expectations on what you're getting here. You're getting a five hour game. It'd be funny if it was a PS Plus game. Mm, that would be interesting. That would be bold. Yeah. They'll they'll make money back on it. There's so much morbid curiosity about this game that it'll sell. They're never going to make their money back. I, I mean, unless the, the budget's been... It's the same thing with Final Fantasy 15 where I'm like, there's no way. I, I don't... There's no... How? How do you make your money back? I don't know. You make an anime. You make a movie. But I don't know. Of, crazy ass collector's editions i don't know if you've uh knew this about me you've known this about me but sure. if you look at kind of funny i don't know much about business no i'm well aware of that so um i know economics i'm no adam smith sure um but um nor am i a bernie sanders if that makes any sense to you that works for me i know i know bernie sanders yeah. feel the burn so like i'm not like super up on economics like mr smith mm-hmm. but i don't just say whatever i want yeah. like bernie sanders I say whatever I want, yeah. but I don't say whatever I want. Hmm. Okay. Think, listen to the difference. I don't say anything I want, but I don't say anything I want. Okay. Okay. I think I understand a bit. So, yeah. You'd be Japanese. That'd be cool. Yeah. You could order whatever you want and know what it was going to be off the menu. So that'd be cool. I don't go in and order ramen and not play ramen fucking roulette like I usually do. Yeah. We just hit the buttons on the yeah. thing. So you want to go back? You want to find old stuff? Mm-hmm. You're trying to greenlight some. You're gonna, are you gonna? You, you don't want to buy. Let's just say for the sake well, of the argument, I bought that, that's a different. But thing, I'm just though. saying you, you. We knew it was coming, and you had the five hundred thousand. Five hundred million. Sorry, my apologies. Five hundred million. I mean, I would, I would just greenlight a bunch. You know, obviously, the Last of Us Two is greenlit in a bunch of these other games, but I would invest in new studios because I think that Sony's. Um, someone made an interesting point on Twitter, just a, a listener of ours that. This is a while ago, but the point, an astute point, the simple point that I never really thought of, which is that Sony's playing like a really interesting game right now where they are investing a lot in second parties and investing a lot in talent that they don't own, but IP mm. that they do own. And so that's a low risk, low reward kind of situation, I think, where, okay, so the game doesn't work out. You don't own this team. They can go fuck off and like you have your game and your IP and maybe it sells, maybe it doesn't. But the risk reward thing is like, well, so 
what if this team ends up being really good and this game's really good and now you just showed the entire world how good they are and now you can't nail them down. This is exactly what happened with From Software, I think. So, And From has obviously been making games for a very long time since PS1 and PS2 but for Sony, but Demon's Souls is a great example of a game where like we might have wanted to be a little more careful with that. Mm. Um, and this Dark Souls shit would have played out very differently for you. Sure. Um, and imagine if they didn't have Naughty Dog Lockdown and Uncharted came out or Uncharted 2 came out and then everyone's like, well, Activision's like, well, we have way more money to spend. We, we, you know, so there's something to be said about maintaining publisher, maintaining your own developers. It is high risk, high reward to do those kinds of things. And then you end up with Naughty Dog. You end up with Sucker Punch. And so but, I mean, that whole thing, what you're talking about is I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think that you invest in these second parties and if you see somebody who's showing you signs that they could be Naughty Dog, you know what I mean? It wasn't like Uncharted was Naughty Dog's first game for PlayStation. You see somebody who shows that kind of potential, that's when you lock them down. That's when you give them the ring. That's when you sit there and go, okay, what can you do just for us? Just focus on one platform. Just do all these different things. Make us the next big thing. I think that's when you lock them down. I don't think it has to be, okay, well, fuck, we let them go. You know, like, like you're saying, From Software had worked forever and I don't even think with all due respect to Demon Souls it wasn't a game that you played and you're like holy shit it was a game that some people played and went holy shit and some gamers were like no way and if you're thinking about big and mainstream and all this different stuff like who they need to own what they need to have they didn't I don't know if they anyone played that I was like we need to have these guys right but Bloodborne was a, an admission that there was an accident right well I think or, it was an admission yeah that like we want to get these guys we want to keep those kind of players with us we want to give you a reason those kind of players because guess what Demon Souls Demon Souls is the genesis and the seed of what becomes Dark Souls but also for the player fan base as well right where it's I think so many uh, copies of Dark Souls were sold on PlayStation platforms because of the lineage. Sure. And I think that was the whole thing of like, well, why don't we bring them, bring that, make sure we still maintain that lineage. And it's also the fact of it's, you know, is my, my sense of importance of the first parties has dwindled over the years. Not that it's gone, but I do remember when we were I was sitting there and like they launched PlayStation Mobile and talk about PlayStation Mobile and I'm like, this is the next step. This is them admitting that there's a PlayStation brand outside of the PlayStation hardware. And when that happens, that's when you flip the switches and Naughty Dog is making games for every platform and, you know, Sucker Punch is making games for every platform. And this has been the generation where we've seen that traditional logic not work, right? That it doesn't matter. The fucking system can't be stopped right now and it just got what it's first. You must have AAA exclusive from a first party you know uncharted is that game and before then it has been these second party deals it has been your bloodborns it has been games that are great but also that they're just dominating the third party conversation where destiny is playstation and this is that bloodborne i think specifically was uh even though it's a second it's a first party published second party game Mm -hmm. um it was a stroke of genius it really was it was the best you could do in a situation i'm sure they were like fuck like see they could have published demon souls in the states and they didn't in the West, they just didn't publish it and they didn't think anyone would care. And yeah. that was a mistake. But if I looked, it's the same thing I've said before in the past. If I looked at that game, I'd be like, there's no way in hell we're publishing this game in the United right. States. So it's the same thing we said about Minecraft. People passed on Minecraft. Like there was, there's great stories about like the, what happened with Minecraft situation before it blew up where everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And if I looked at that game, I'd be like, fuck this game. Right. It's garbage. Yeah. You know, there's just only so much vision you can have, no matter how smart you are. Um, so yeah, you'll see what happens. I think that the first parties are important still because they give brands identity. They're important. I'm not saying like I'm saying I'm not trying to make it out that there's no need for first party. I still do think that in the future, the ubiquitous future that Yves Guillemont to think is com- is coming in the streaming thing, and after one more generation, 
clearly that's going to put Sony in a great spot of like, all right, cool. We have these incredibly talented people. Let's do it. Not but now they've been in a better spot. That's the point I'm making. They're shuttering studios, but not really opening one. The Northwest Studios, they're really the only one. We don't really know what the fuck they're even doing. Sure. I don't think they're doing anything that we're going to care about, to be honest. But yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I think they're doing a VR. Um, so we care about VR, but I, I want something, you know, so I it would just be nice to for them to fold in some of these new stu- some of these other studios that they work with yet again but yet like these are de facto Housemark and Quantic especially are like just de facto first party studios anyway they yeah. don't make games for other people and see this is I guess my thing where I'm talking about for me Quantic and Housemark are in the same conversation league where I think Housemark's great you know that I love Housemark don't get me wrong but I think that like. When I'm thinking of a first party studio, somebody Sony needs to scoop up and get them doing, and you look at the rest of their portfolio and who fits. I think Quantic Dream fits way more than Housemark does. Housemark's making great games, but they're making these great little, I'm putting in quotes, little experiences. You know what I mean? They're not making these AAA first party games. And now, could they? Of course they yeah, could. Yeah, but you need that, right? If you're going to spread the ball, then you need to have the, the $20 games and the studio but I, can but my point, my point, my point to that is just like, I think there's always going to be a giant bucket of developers making those kind of games where that's not for your first party studios. You want to worry about somebody who's going to make something AAA and awesome. And this experience that defines your company defines your platform. And I don't think that necessarily that's what's happening with Housemark in the same way that I don't think that's what's happening with Drinkbox. Where I think I think those guys are kind of in that bucket already of like, okay, these guys are making great games. And if one of them went to Microsoft and was only making their games, that would suck. But we'd have another giant bucket still of like people who are making awesome stuff that's here. I don't think we need to get into bed with you any like of them. bucket analogies. I do. It's like how my old review score analogy. I like that a lot. Put all the seven fives in here, put all the eights in there. And then you just debate about what's in the bucket. You know, we don't have to get into fucking 7.75 bullshit. Motherfuck it. Motherfuck it. Two tears in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colin, mm. it's trophy time. What do you got for me this time. week? Let me, lift the, let me lift up the old this lid. laptop. We lift them up to the Lord. It is we right to give him thanks and praise. We you up so trophies can stand on Awaken. mountains. All right. Let's see. Uh, all right. So trophies. New trophies. So the interesting thing here is Connecticut has trophies that are alive. Connecticut is, of course, Sony Santa Monica's very first game. Right. PS2 game is a racing game. This is before God of War for all you fucking noobs out there. Now, uh, Connecticut looks like it's going to come out on PS4 maybe next week. Wild Arms trophies went up at the same time. Um, Overwatch's trophies are alive, so we'll take a look at those. Uh, Wild Arms 3's trophies we'll take a look at. Should we take a look at Maga Tag Mention Blanc plus Neptune versus Zombies trophies? Under no circumstance should we look at those trophies. Okay. Um, let's look at Shadwen's trophies and my Night Jobs trophies. Does that all work for you? That works for me. Okay. So Overwatch. 53 bronze, 5 silver, 1 gold, 1 platinum. No one owns it yet. Let's see. Uh, so reach level 10, reach level 20, reach level 50, win 100 games in quick or competitive play, play a quicker competitive play game in a group with a friend, collect 50 unlocks for a single hero, earn 21 post game cards in quicker competitive play. So obviously being the nature of the game, all heavily online, heavily multiplayer, heavily competitive yeah. trophies. No, thank you. Um, and there are, as you can tell, a shit ton of bronzes. Indeed, I couldn't, you can't really, I don't think have any more bronzes than this game has. Because I would assume that you have to have... Well, yeah, I guess there are games with no silver trophies. But are there platinum games with no gold trophies? I don't think... Yeah. There's, pla- there's games with platinums and no golds. Yeah, I want to say. Because that's always the weird thing where it jumps from a silver. Where it Could goes it bronze, be bronze, bronze, silver. The Walking Dead was one of those games? Let's check. I'll look into it. You keep working. 
Okay, back to you. Maybe wild, I'm wrong. I wish there was a way to search it easily. Wild Arms 3's trophy. So 9 bronze, 13 silver, 5 gold, 1 platinum. Um, upgrade an arm attribute to level 5. It seems like a lot of these are story-based, uh, different migrant levels. Um, yeah, a lot of story-based stuff. Explore 100% of the world map. Defeat Ragu or Ragla for the Ragu. final time. Uh, this is a secret enemy. Um, let's see. Reach level 90 with Virginia, Clive, Jet, and Gallows. So yeah, there's some there's some grindy ones here, but I think you can do it. I don't know if there's any missable ones. Shadwen has 36 bronze, 8 silver, 3 gold, 1 platinum. Completing the levels. Wow, okay. So complete level 15 gives you a, a 1 through 15 gives you trophies. Kill all the guards and all of them gives you trophies. So those are 15 more trophies. Don't kill anyone in different levels. It gives you a whole set of trophies. Yeah, so basically the entire trophy list is populated by beating levels and then killing everyone or killing no one. So it sounds like it's going to be need to be replayed at least twice. And my night job is the final one we'll look at. That's 12 bronze, one silver, one gold. Uh, let's see. I don't really understand these trophies. This is a bad. This is a bad choice. For the record, no, there was there was a silver and a gold in The Walking Dead there. Okay. So anyway, those are the trophies that we'll talk about today. Not too many new trophies going up a lot of any consequence. Uncharted 4, by the way, people are really... You platinumed it. Yep. Um, <laughs> let's look at the platinum list. No, okay, 913 people already had the platinum. That's People really getting crazy out there. Insane, actually. You gotta do it. Um, yeah, I, I gotta get to it eventually. I'm not going to anytime soon. Yeah, but I mean, you're... I feel like it's gonna be a while before you double back to it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to play it again. I mean, I loved it. Um, but there's just too many games and I don't have enough time to play them all. I mean, that's the fucking problem. Dude. I know. No, there are too many games. I 100% agree with you. Um, okay. So. I'm trying to figure out. I know. I want to. This is perplexing now because I want I want to say that I've seen games without goals that end in a platinum. But is that really possible? Is that just in my head? Well, games end without a gold trophy, but they might have a gold trophy. No, I, no I'm aware. I know. I'm not saying like in the lineage of it. I'm just saying to the point we're talking about in terms of how many bronze. Because you can, you can break up the points however you want. You can, but so it could be all bronzes and then the platinum. Someone out there knows the answer. I'm sure we'll find out. Okay, good. Let us know. Uh, we have one question for trophy time. It comes from Caleb for Tribe. He wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hello, Colin and Greg. I think we can all agree that the best and most rewarding platinum trophy comes from a game that makes you do it in two playthroughs. One to simply enjoy the experience and the other to obtain collectibles, complete challenges, etc. I recall a discussion that you guys had about being annoyed with the Last of Us requirement to play through it at least three times. You both agreed that was too much. So this is my question. With your limited time, if a game allows you the opportunity to platinum it in one go around, is it unethical to play through with a guide the first time? I did this for the Order 1886, and while I didn't get a natural experience with it, it allowed me to get the platinum without having to bear through that pretty boring game again. I'm interested in your thoughts on the matter. Cheers. Caleb. P.S. I love you like a song, baby. And I keep hitting repeat, 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 repeat. Um, I no, don't I, agree I, with I, him from the get-go. I, I don't think it's unethical. I've used trophy guides the platinum a game in one run many times so for the i'm saying i don't agree with him that the most rewarding comes from two playthroughs no i don't i mean i don't, I don't agree either i love i love uh one that you can just you play through the game and then you can double back and do whatever and do i don't like playing games a second time i feel like i'm always wasting time i want to get to the next thing go to the other thing so going back and playing a game again always takes something out of it for me um i'd rather just like you know even though i had to play uncharted what three times and there is now it looks like an exploit for speedrun 
So you should probably actually get on that before they do it because it's super simple. What is it? You have to just start in the last chapter or something? No, the, yeah, the memory, if the memory serves, we'll have to look it up is, and everybody can look it up too and leave in the comments in the YouTube video, is that you start a new game, play the first section, save it, quit. Uh, this is after you've already beaten it once. Come back through chapter select, load the epilogue, play through that and sa- choose the save slot over the game you just started. And then that at the end of the epilogue should you know, click it over. But the initial report I said was saying it doesn't work every time for, or for so it's like I'll just do it the normal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be labeled a cheater. But no, I hate. I I would much rather be that. I'm trying to think of a great example of it. I don't because I don't have one. But I mean, let's think if it was. I don't know why I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like a fallout where I beat fallout. Great. And then it was like, all right, cool. Now I got to get to level 50 with the character. Now I got to go find this, you know, these quests or do this kind of thing. Now, I don't want to restart even with fallout where it's like, all right, cool. Now go side with the other group. All right, now go side with the other group. Like I liked seeing those endings. I'd like seeing how that played out and I would have done that on my own, but it would have been more rewarding for me not to have to go back and do that. Cause like I keep saying like now the fallout DLC is out this week, right? And I need to go through and figure out which one of my fucking saves I'm going to use and where everything well, is. Well, Remember too that fallout threes trophies were bullshit because you had to have, you had to reach a level 10, 30 and or 20 and 30 or 10 5 10 15 whatever it was with uh different karmas yeah different karmas and you can manipulate the shit out of it and that's what i did yeah but like that was nonsense like that sucks like that's not fun no and not um, at all and so yeah there's something to be said about you know the enjoyment factor of the trophies as well and i don't find yeah replaying once again for on the harder difficulty or to get collectibles I mean, that's not a big deal but I, I do like the idea of a game that can be beaten even if you have to beat it on this hard, hardest difficulty level all of that just playing it once and if you did it completely then you get the platinum i think that's totally fair yeah and i don't mind, like i like doubling back like i think uncharted does it great with its collectibles in this one right where you double but you want to go you can go chapter by chapter and see how many optional conversations you missed and where you missed treasures and it's not i hate that cloak and dagger shit where you don't know if that's where it is even ratchet with like gold bolts or you know what i mean last night i was looking at it before bed i was like oh great okay i know exactly where to go or what to do or like where i'm fucking up and it's not one of those like fuck where is everything i hate that shit where you're left looking. like when i lost the one blast shard in infamous nightmares yeah it's can't terrible. do that it's can't terrible. do that Colin, it's time for the return of a segment dear shuhei word word wrote in the kind of funny.com slash psq and says hey guys i have a request for shoe in the playstation store actually it's two requests but both involve the same feature remember if you have something for uh, dear shuhei you write in with a question and then we read it here so you can make your plea to shuhei yoshida and the rest of the playstation nation on what needs to happen on that their PlayStation, but we take time off. This is the first time we've done this segment in like three weeks because a lot of you were just making little baby requests. At some point, the PlayStation store added the wish list. You can click the heart on titles and add them to your wish list. I love this list as I get to keep track of the titles I don't own yet, but I but want to get some here's some stuff he wants to add is what he's trying to say <laughs> request number one have a notification for when there are price drops slash sales slash playstation plus discounts for items on your wish list i check the sales every week but it would be nice if sony could notify me when a title i've added on the list goes on sale in some capacity request number two allow me to share my wish list through a website link of sort like with amazon i can add things to my wish list and when my birthday or christmas is coming up i can simply send the link to my family whether they have amazon accounts or not and they can view the things i currently want I want this to be a thing with PlayStation as well, allowing people who don't have PlayStation Network accounts to access my direct wish list and purchase something for me. I think it would be amazing. Please, Shu, make my heart happy by making the heart of the PSN more useful. Sincerely, Owen. P.S. I think I love you, but I want to know for sure. Those were good. Those are reasonable. The, the wish list. I, why, I, why can't we buy things for friends? Mm. There's a whole bunch of little stuff like that. Sure. Now, granted, I'm always excited when I turn it on. It's working. Sure. Turn on the it PSNs up there. Great. That's good enough. 
I'm not asking you to tax the systems too much. Push this thing into a system where it can't go. Hey, God forbid we have a, you know something you know usable. We're just happy. We're still you and I are still here. We're looking at that. We marvel that it works. That the trophies load fast. Mm-hmm. I'm not not you know don't not as put, much to complain about as you. Don't put all this wish list stuff on the forefront if it's going to break the system. If it's going to break sure. the network, just take your time. Get it get it there. But like some of these, I, I agree with word word. That some of these would be good for wish list editions. Sure. Colin. Yes. Let's keep let's keep it with the listeners. What do you say? Sure. We'll go through see what they're saying. I have a whole bunch of uncharted related questions. Okay. But not uncharted like, hey, can you believe that Sully turned out to be a fucking robot this right, entire right. time? That you was unbelievable. I mean? That was unbelievable, but that's fine. Let's start with it. Evan Wallace, who says, Hey fellas. Hello. I want to talk about game length and uncharted. Why does the order 1886 get grief for being a short game, but all uncharted games can be completed in less than six hours, especially uncharted four with the speed run trophy. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep doing you Evan Wallace and what fucking universe. Thank you. Are you being uncharted in under six hours? If you're playing it in like a normal human being, you can beat the order like a normal human being in five hours. Yeah. Watching every cutscene, exploring the environment, trying to find the items that so I don't understand the question. No, I don't understand the thing either. I, I think he's totally I think if you're looking at the trophy for the speed run in six hours and equating that to being like that's possible in your first playthrough, I don't think you can watch all the cutscenes in six hours probably in the way the fucking game plays. You're, don't worry about it. It's not the same thing. It is not the same thing. Don't worry about it. That's an insult to Uncharted. But in terms of why the order gets shit, the order got shit for a lot of reasons. The length was not one of my main gripes with it. It was just a boring game. It was a boring six hours of my gripe with the order. And I don't mind. Like, look at me with Gone Home. I'll totally you know, ring fucking chapel bells all around the world for a game. And not if it's an hour and a half, that's not the point. If it's an experience that's mattered, why do you ring the chapel bells for it? Cause that's how you alert people to oh. what's happening. You know what I mean? Okay. That's how people hear the bells going off in their town from their sure. church. Now it makes everybody sense. pays it attention. Makes a lot more sense to me. Now. Right, 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 right. I don't think that's the, the main hang up of the order. No, it's one that a lot of people who are, you know, haters want to lean on a lot. No, oh, it's such a short game. That's not the problem. With yeah, you. if you're a clown, that might be the problem. But yeah. other than that, not to mention there's so much to do in Uncharted and double back for and collect and see. Like, mm. it's not the same. Thing. Sure, sure, it ain't the same mm. motherfucking thing. Mm. Brad Macacus. Brad Macacus says, "Hey, Colin. Hello." He said, "Wait for the hello. Good job." And hi, Greg. I'm gonna keep this short. Do you think any of the trailers and gameplay showings that led up to the Uncharted Four reveal? spoil too many of the cool sequences and location from the game. My friends are kind of bummed over the E3 show, basically spoiling one of the greatest moments from the game, but I'm rather indifferent. I understand the need to build hype, but maybe there's just a better way to go about it. What are your thoughts? Thanks, guys. Brad. P.S. Say how to Bertillo for me. Um, I agree with them 100%. I mean, friends. I can't agree or disagree because I just, I, I intentionally avoided it. Yeah. So, because I assumed that was going to be the But game. you still saw stuff. I saw some stuff and I was disappointed that I saw it. Yeah. No, that was the the big problem, and I think we, it's reflected in the review when I'm talking to Tim about, uh, and there's no spoilers here, about the lack of giant set pieces and crazy set pieces. I remember, spoilers for Uncharted 3, when, like, the day before we got our Uncharted 3 copies, they showed uh, uh, the subway commercial, showed the plane breaking in half, and, like, Drake flying out in, without holding on to anything, and it never in my mind occurred to me that that might be a possibility that he was going to be free falling in this game. And so when I got to that point, I was like, that sucks. I think that was happening. And I remember playing, playing uncharted four and being like, okay, cool. Like, all right, this is that part. I saw this at, you know, okay, cool. This is the PSX demo. This is when the demo broke. Okay, cool. I've seen this part, but it'll be fun. All right, going a little bit further. Okay. All right. This is the, the Jeep demo for me three. This is the one I, this was awesome when it happened to do three playthroughs. That's fun. And then it was like, shit those were like there's moments in here but like the moment the big moment was the that e3 demo and the e3 demo 
If, if I hadn't seen the E3 demo, if they hadn't shown that demo to E3, if they hadn't shown it behind closed doors and then released it all to the public anyway, like if you didn't know that would happen, I agree with your friends that that would have been one of the greatest moments in, in from any game, let alone Uncharted. Like you would have been, I would have, I, as it was playing it and I was having a good time, don't get me wrong, but I'm doing the thing where I'm like, going down in the jeep like in there and i remember like you know talking to bruce neal afterwards the fact like you can take any pathway to get them like oh that's cool and i and i deviate a little bit i'm like oh cool they're right no neat and sully's joke to the guys about first time driver and it's like oh and then it's like oh cool i'm gonna hang out i'm gonna get drunk and it's like i it was like some point in there where i'm just like fuck can you imagine playing this with no context can you imagine playing this and having no idea any of that was about to happen like how so i don't preview games anymore. how crazy that would be i know that's what i that's what's nice about us is that usually it is yeah like oh cool that game looks great Blackout. Don't yep. you know anything yeah, else about, know anything about it? I don't know anything about it. I need these games. I'm excited about it. That's what's so fun about it. Yeah. V2 Drake wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey, Greg and Colin, I have a rather exciting theory. Spoiler free. So Uncharted 4 has great star PS4s and I happily spent upwards of it's like an upside down J with a line through it. 200 on everything from the game to merch to DLC. It's my favorite franchise by far. And like you, Greg, I'm in it for the relationships. It's the reason why I had to play it almost nonstop until the end hit. I need to know everything, how everything panned out. That brings me to my theory and question. Without spoilers, do you think the single-player DLC for Uncharted 4 could be a zero-combat adventure with... I'm going to leave all that out. I don't like that. I don't like what he said there. Do you think it could be a zero-combat adventure? Yes. I remember Colin said in his review Left Behind that it would have been even better if there were no combat. No combat i'd love own adventure no combat would do you think they'll be you think they'll be do you yeah. think do you think it'll be that though yes really yeah i i say under no circumstances it's so the problem with the well i don't want to talk about this because this this is too okay it's it's impossible not to spoil the game if you want to talk about it like this i don't think we need this my, my whole thing is i think is it possible that there'd be a combat free uh DLC for Uncharted? Sure. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I think that Last of Us was your best chance of that because combat was so and limited. They could have gotten away without it. With, with, and that was what was so frustrating about that was that the, the left behind was awesome and then at the end there's like an arena like you're in the mall and you're fighting everyone yeah. and I'm like why does it have to end like this? Why didn't you just end it? Why can't like they don't fight every day of their lives you know? Give us a glimpse into their lives when things are just normal for them. Right. And they did that for the most part, but that was that was where the left behind was. And see, I think it's just, I think, I think that I think uh, Naughty Dog probably took that to heart in terms of what they could have done there. And interesting, I th- I do think that the Uncharted DLC will be Uncharted. I don't think I think Uncharted is these zany adventures and shooting a gun and da da da. So is it going to be some kind of prequel to Uncharted Four, wherever in the Uncharted timeline of Nate and Sully on an adventure, is there going to be something with Sam and Nate on an adventure? Because clearly, they work together for a while. You know what I mean? Or is it going to be? Yeah, is it going to be an offshoot? Is it going to be Cutter and Chloe? Is it going to be Elena doing her own? Th- you know, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can fuck around it. But I think you still have shooting in there. About Flynn. Oh man, a prequel for Flynn. Mm-hmm. Man, I'd love to see. You. About what about a Lazarevich RTS? I love that. <laughs> How he rose to power to become such that. a warlord. I really enjoy that a lot. Talk, speaking of that last of us, Benny Blackout wrote in and said, Hey, Colin and Greg. Hello. With Naughty Dog's tendency to announce their next title relatively soon after their last release, parentheses, The Last of Us announced a month after Uncharted's release, and Uncharted 4 announced within a year of The Last of Us being released. 
and it most likely being a last of a sequel that's in the works. I was wondering what you guys thought the game would be called. In my opinion, the last of us two sounds clunky and redundant. And I can't help think that something like the rest of us would work better. And if indeed the series makes it to a trilogy called call the finale, the end of us, what do you guys think about this suggestion? And what would the ideal title for the last of Us sequel be to you? Thanks, Benny from Oi, Australia, governor. P.S. I love you, Greg, but us Aussies don't talk like that. Save it for the pommies. Fuck you. I'll say whatever I want. Uh, Benny Black. I like the idea of the end of us. I think that's cool. But the um, that's a nice convention. But I think that it'll be called The Last of Us 2. Mm. Uh, or The Last of Us colon. See, that's or my, something, my naming convention is going to be game or something. I don't know. My name. It's going to be The Last of Us colon, whatever it is. And that's where all the scuttlebutt about the poster in the game is coming from. Right. The Last of Us American Daughters. Mm. We've talked about it on the spoiler cast, so I won't go into too much here because I don't know where you are or anything else. But you know, there's Easter eggs and stuff like that. But what it's going to be, I don't know. But I think The Last of Us in like what we talk about with what we'd want out of a sequel, Last of Us, you want it to pick up right away. I'd be totally fine with new stories, new people, whatever's happening in that world. I think The Last of Us becomes this universe in a way. It becomes its own anthology. And I think that's the way you build off of it. I agree. I don't like Last of Us 2, but that also we already know sequels sell better so if you put it on there it's going to do better than there the has last to be of a us. call out to the last of us in it so in the title so yeah two or the colon thing i think it's probably safe bet or yeah you know um i'm excited to see i really do hope it, it, it it's about joel and ellie still but i really care about those characters i care about the but world that, as well and see, the fireflies and all that but i but i just feel like there's so much more to be told there i, I don't i it's got they have to be in it what least. do you think still left to be told and, and i mean i know it's hard not to spoil oh fuck it we're well, last joel, of forever. yeah Dwayne came out three years ago joel and uh which is unbelievable joel lies to ellie right. and ellie tacitly kind of acknowledges it but not really so just your sigh okay so I think that the story should probably I would like for it to take place right after the ending, but I think that it should very least take place per like being rising in prominence in some way in the resistance or in the um, not really the resistance, but the fireflies or whatever. And maybe Joel is dead or maybe Joel, you know, becomes a bad guy or something. I don't know. Like th- there's a, a lot of different ways, but I think it should my thing is I guys. just feel like when we start talking about that, it's like it's an, a really interesting pick from the picking right back up. But then like, what's the conflict? I don't and like what's their motivation anymore and what's their goal like you know i mean the, the thing the last of us nailed i thought so well was cool your mission is to protect this girl she is the future she is can save everything da, 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 da. and then we get to the end of the last of us and now we're just gonna live our lives and i feel like i don't know what we come back from living our lives to do necessarily it would be interesting the conflict i think could be interesting a it starting right after it but not necessarily taking place right after it i think it's t- entirely possible that's the way the first game started too sure so it would be interesting to see what their their conversation was like and then just fast forward 20 years or fast forward 10 years or whatever. Mm. And there's some sort of relevance where they have a falling out or something like that. Um, there could be rumors spreading among settlements and stuff that that this girl is the is could cure us and sh- and selfishly was removed from that that situation by another guy, you know, trying to save her life. And there's a lot of like conflict. I mean, I, I, I don't think you could you could have a very hard time figuring out how the game would what the game would be about. I think it can go in a million different directions and be totally compelling. Um, but unlike, you know, you look at, you used to talk about the walking dead about how it's about those characters, not about that world. Well, I think the last was is somewhat the same. I think the ethos in them. And um, it's not even that. I think that the, the mythology of the, the universe is, is important, but I do think that like Joel and Ellie are your grounding 
Sure, I mean they're the characters up. I care about in that universe. But so I'm I think it would be a, I think it would be a huge risk to make it not about them. But I think, that, the, I think, I think the other that, side but. though is then what you're talking about though is how much you care about Joel and Ellie, and I think that coming back to those characters could ruin it. Now would would they probably not? They're naughty dog. They apparently can't do anything fucking wrong. I keep waiting for them to fuck up. They haven't done it. So, but I think you could come back, and then it is this weird transition back into that world. Those characters, those people. I would I would it'd be cooler for me to start on Last of Us colon whatever the fuck it is, not knowing what as happening whatever my motivation is whatever my story is and then you run into an ellie who's 10 years older who has been off and trying to figure all these different things out and then maybe she's gone bad or something like that yeah even if it's about if it's different protagonists and different motivations they have to be one of them has to be in it and it would probably be ellie i don't know we can dedicate a whole toss to this in the future because i do have a lot of ideas about how the last of us can go but um because unlike the walking dead there is now the intention. There is now the idea that there's a cure, like that this can actually be fixed. The Walking Dead, it's over. Like it's over in The Walking Dead, right? Like there's no. They they mess with that with this, the CDC a little bit in the beginning. Yeah, the about TV. How, yeah, but like not. It seems like there's a lot more complacency in that world, and in this world, even though it's more recent in that world, in this right. world there's complacency. Yet there was also hope, and so I think that you can kind of play narratively with those. those but I say we double down and it just it's no it's another tots 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 here. It's just the fact of like. I guess my problem, I see what you're saying, like, but uh, the thing is, right, that only her and Joel know everybody else is dead. Now, granted, there's information out there, I guess you could come around and try to piece it all well, together. Well, the Firefly's going to go to that hospital and find everyone massacred, and they know. You know, yeah. so it's not that it's not that only those two, only those two people know that this is the option. They all know, mm-hmm. and they're going to sound the klaxons that this is like, this girl's now a fugitive, basically. You know, so then a, but so then i mean what are we what's this the narrative we're, th- we're thundering through is now they're just on the run and the, they're trying to capture her to do the exact same to come to the exact same ending we saw before maybe or there could be i i think it can go in like all sorts of different directions where like there could be a religious or philosophical argument that like this is what's supposed to happen and there's a group that's like fighting to be like no like they did the right thing like you're not allowed to kill this girl we don't want to cure like this is nature like there could be all sorts of really interesting and bizarre ways you can go about it mm. The Fireflies will actually obviously play pretty prominently in it. And the Fireflies are technically the good guys, even though that you would be. And that's where it kind of turns things on their head where it's like, but they're technically the bad guys in the game, but they're not really the bad guys. No, that's what you I always know? said. Hey. Right. When I beat it, I, I, I remember putting the controller down and being like, I can't believe I was the bad guy. I can't believe Joel was the bad guy. And then, you know, every everybody talks is like, well, it's, I, you know, that's, that's actually just Neil Druckmann. I'm just like, well, that's how you interpret it. I'm like, no, no, that's how it is. You know what I mean? He could have saved humanity and then we get this whole argument. And my whole argument, even though Neil said that that wasn't really in his writing or whatever, I still think it's easy to infer and I think it's fair to infer that they didn't know if it was going to work at all. So there's all these hypotheticals and all these questions, but he in the hospital in Salt Lake City, he I think it was in Salt Lake City. He just killed a bunch of people and like they're going to find that. And so Joel's in a lot of trouble. And so it'd be interesting to see where they go with it. I just think it's I don't think it's a cop out because it would be hard to make a new story in that world that would you would care as much about Joel and Ellie. So it would be a bold move to be like, well, it's not about them anymore. But I think it would be also a cop out to be like, well, we're just not going to wrap this up because I do. I don't think it's wrapped up at all. Mm-hmm. I think there's like way more open ended questions now about what their relationship with each other and what happened. And are the fireflies going to give up? And are there other people that have the cure or are imbued with the cure and stuff like that? I think there's that's what that's why it's so fascinating to see what the second game is going to be all about. And I do think that you have to have about about Joel and Ellie or at least Ellie. So okay. we'll see. We will, everybody. Mr. Snarub writes in and says, Hey, Colin and Greg, can you have Jack Trenton read the following? Hey, kids, you want to come take a ride with me in my van? We've got a wide variety of exhilarating software across all our PlayStation platforms. 
you can do this one. <laughs> hey, Colin, it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. We've got an exciting lineup of thrilling games coming soon to PlayStation. And finally, hey, Greg, you've got a real pretty mouth, ain't you? Check out these immersive and visually stunning PlayStation games that we have planned for you to enjoy in the coming year. I'm Jackie T. Creeper. Our incredibly horrible impression of Jack Stratton. <laughs> Sounds Not nothing like the man. Like Jack Super Stratton. nice. We just keep melting him. Colin, I want one last question for you. Okay. I'm getting a little tired. Like I'm getting a little like I feel like I you put so much en- I put so much energy into everything today. You know? I had a good day today. Ravster95 mm. says, mm. Oi! I've got a simple question. Mm. With Project Spark closing its servers, do you think Media Molecule's Dreams is doomed to fail? These types of games just don't seem to have the traction, and with Dreams only being on PlayStation 4, I really think it's going to completely bomb, which is a shame because I love the Media Molecule. Thanks. Can't wait for you guys to come to England for a cheeky Nando's and some tea biscuits. Ravi Patel, Bolton, England. So I, I, you know, we, they came and visited us at GDCs, but they asked to come visit us. Media Molecule. Yeah, Media Molecule to specifically show me dreams because I just don't believe in it. I didn't yeah. really understand it. Now, I understand it a lot more and I think it's quite dynamic and I think it's quite interesting and I think it's quite clever. And Do you and, think it's a game yet? But uh, it's a game, I guess, if you want to term it like that. I still think that the game is not going to do well. And I, I think, agree with that. And I, and I think that they... I'd, I hope that they're not in trouble because in talking to them and really marinating on it like for a while, like what we talked about on the stream and like they don't seem to have a game yet. Like they're talking about how they made their tools and now they make the game, right? Like and and now they're gonna make their game with the tools, so you can show, see that you know that you can make a game with these tools, which is you know, like a little big planet. But I agree. Like I don't know how you market this game. I don't know how you sell this game to anyone. I don't know why you'd let them make this game. My but, thing but is, I, but I hope I'm wrong. You know, I'm very pessimistic about it, but I hope that I'm wrong because they're right. very talented. They're super. Oh talented. yeah. We love those people. My thing is, I don't think project spark is the canary in the coal mine for dreams. I think project project sparks completely different. And I think it shows Xbox, Microsoft chasing what Sony had with little big planet where it's like, all right, cool. Xbox one project spark. And from the jump, I saw project spark at the Xbox one San Francisco, that reveal event. Cause it was already revealed, but like your first chance to play all these Xbox one games and the demo crashed and it wasn't fun. And I was like, Ugh. and then it came out and no one cared about it. No one talked about it. And Microsoft hasn't built that infrastructure, that community, that fan base that wants that kind of shit. Sony has definitely built the fan base of like, here's some weird crap. Here's some weird artsy shit. Let's, you know, everybody get super stoked about this weird ass game where you're a plankton just floating around eating other plankton. You're like, all right, cool. Yeah, why not? You know what I mean? Like PlayStation gamers, I think, have a more broad uh, palette for what they what can work and what doesn't work and how it's going to go. Dream is going to be interesting. I think Dreams, yes, is incredibly hard sell still. It is super interesting. Like I look at it, I watch, I, you know, I saw people build levels at ETH or yeah, no PlayStation experience and all stuff. And I'm like, super cool. Love the tools. I remember how much, how bad I was with little big planet tools. The tools aren't going to do anything for me. Is it going to find an audience that just wants to play the levels that just wants to play the games, just wants to see things? Hopefully probably will. Yeah. But will it be big enough to ma- ma- make it a big deal and matter. Yeah, you don't know this game forever. And that's, that's the big problem when you get to media molecule is like, yeah, this is, they've been in on this for a while. They've been heads down on this for a while. They did tear away and then, you know, tear away and folded, but like that wasn't the thing. And this isn't the thing either. And it's, is that question with you see Sony shutting down studios is this one where are they like on the 
evolution level, right? Of like, all right, this better be a hit, and you put it out, and it's not. What does that mean for the yeah, studio? Yeah, it sucks because it's not nearly their fault. Like, if the game's good, like Drive Club was different with Evolution because they really fucked that game up. Yeah. But if if Dreams is well executed and it scores in the eights or something like that, and then it doesn't sell, like that's not really their fault. They're not the marketers, and they're not the ones that greenlit the game or funded it. So, right. I, but I, I don't, don't think I don't think that's lost on PlayStation leadership. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I don't. You don't know how. I mean, from the way people talk about going in and pitching a game at PlayStation, right? Like, you have to believe in it. So, sure, it isn't on them. They didn't greenlight it. They didn't do this, but they do have to sit there and be like, well, fuck, like, what have you given us lately in terms of this? You Little Big Planet, sure, when we love you guys for that. You know what I mean? Tearaway, loved by fans and critics, but didn't move units. It didn't dominate yeah, the world. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't... I hope they're not in trouble. I just... I... I mean, Dreams is clearly going to be a tough sell. I mean, Dreams is clearly not going to be a huge hit. Like, I just don't know how else to put it. Like, I don't... I don't see how this is going to be the game that... This is going to be the game that... That, that breaks open... The floodgates with Uncharted and some of these other games of first party success. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I just I'm concerned for them, but and I'm concerned for that game. But I understand it a lot better now, and I can definitely say that. And I think it's quite quirky and quite charming. Um, but it's not for me. I have no. I'm not eager at all to play it. Not even a little. And bit. that's the thing about it. And based on the demos, where I'm like, man, this is cool tech, and this is cool, and I, I like what I'm seeing. I don't want to play. I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait to play it. Totally excited to see what happens from a business perspective when it's yeah, out. Want to see what people create in it. Want to see all these different things. But I haven't been sold in terms of I need to sit down and play this. Sure. I can't wait for Dreams. If Dreams was coming out tomorrow, I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck. Here we go. I'm more excited for that Fallout DLC. I know you are. Colin, would you like to meet your new best friend? I have to. P.S. I love this best friend XOXO is where you write in looking for people to send PSN messages to you. Looking for people to send PSN messages, uh, friendship to you. And today is Adam Greeny. Adam Greeny writes in and says, years ago, back in 2010 or so, I submitted my name for PS Hit of the Week on Podcast Beyond. My story of being dumped a day earlier while coming out of the shower naked earned sympathy from Greg, and he actually friended me. One of the best days of my life. However, dot, dot, dot. During the extra during the extra life that year, I jumped in to play Uncharted 2 multiplayer. Because of the limit on friends, Greg had to unfollow and unfollow and follow people to bring them into the game since that day i've been a husk of a man unfollowed by greg an empty shell for this reason i feel at some point in the future i should submit my name and up and i should submit my name and up the number of best friends i have in the psn in fact let's make that day today adam greeny adam greeny all one word but it's ey at the end of green adam greeny everybody go send him support friendship requests and be cool folks colin do you have this week's forgotten PlayStation game? It's, your, it's on you, actually. I think. Oh, is it really? Yeah. And I don't have because one. We, we, we've been doing audience ones over and over again, so it's actually your turn. Mm, okay. There's no forgotten game this week. It was forgotten. Okay. <laughs> PSN's worst name of the week. This is where you go to kindoffunny.com slash forums. Submit your bad PSN name. Not one you've seen, but instead yours that you regret. This one comes from MC, who writes in and says, Hey, Colin and Greg. Colin, get ready to feel old. I first acquired my PS3 during my sixth grade year of education. Terry Haute, Indiana, right? That's how I say that. Indiana born. Middle school starts during the year. Thus, opening my still developing angst ridden mind up to thousands of possibilities of PSN names that I will inevitably carry to my grave. Punk music was my life, and I couldn't stop playing those damn darn Sonic Adventure games, especially oh, no. when it came to the game that started the le- with starred the leader of edginess himself, Shadow the Hedgehog. So what? do I go with? I sat for hours until I finally came up with a name that I would have in into my junior year of college with a trophy level of 17 dark creature 501 
Dark Creature 501. My God, it was perfect. Though it lacks any type of vulgar verbiage, I still, to this day, am mocked online and by my friends for being a stupid 12-year-old kid because of this name. Along with being the epitome of a stereotypical middle school PSN ID comes the extremely often mispronunciations of my name. Dark Creator, Dank Creeper, and Black Creation. (laughs) The number of genuine attempts I hear every time I hop into an online match truly floors me. I wish I could make this shit up, but if I'm lying, I'm dying. Now, only if Shuhei would let us change our names, the world would get rid of these dank creeper 501-esque middle school PSN IDs for good. Come on, Shuhei. Just let her change her name. I mean, that's not a bad name. I'm a little disappointed in that one. Uh, but it's I'm the sure fact, I'm not the only one. But it's the fact of the funny names after the fact. That I guess. Nobody sees it. I mean, that's the problem nobody thinks about. You think you got a name that's cool, and then it's like everybody calls you dank creeper. Right. They call you... Dank creeper's a great name. Black creation. They call you dark creator. Big old dark creator. Big old dark creator. What are you doing over there? Colin? Big old Michael Strand. That name was brought to you by Gamefly. Are you ready to save monthly and play more games? Then let me introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. Just go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. They have more than 9,000 titles to choose from, so you can try before you buy. Go to Gamefly.com slash PS and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time, and you can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash PS. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben. P.S. I love you. XOXO. Episode 36. Remember, it is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. as one big video on YouTube.com slash games and MP3 services around the world. So share it with your friends. Grab it. Subscribe it. Share it. Yik yak it. You use the yik yak it? Use the yik yak? What? There's this program called Yik Yak the kids like a lot. No. You want to get on that? Nope. Not even a little bit. Okay. You can text me if you need me. But I can Yik Yak you too. No. About PS I love you XOXO. Please I can Snapchat you. No, I can Snapchat you the art. Snapchat me. I definitely don't ever the, You want the Yik Yak though? No, I don't want to What if they should make a Yik Yak PlayStation Vita app? That's what I'm That'd saying. That would be great. That would be awesome. And that get the, the kids in. Get the kids right in there. Use the Vita camera. That would be awesome. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe Hey. This is where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and submits your music for the show. That's right. Something you created. I need your MP3 to download and put on the end of our MP3. And I need your YouTube video to annotate to from our YouTube video. Today, we have a special guest, Colin. This one comes from Anders. Hello, PS. I love you. XOXO. This is Anders Nystrom, and I probably butchered Swedish. that. Swedish, yeah, from the Swedish metal band Kator- Katonia? Katonia. Katatonia. Katatonia. In Fallout Four and Skyrim, there are special Katatonia Easter eggs, and this is true. His band is referenced in both these Bethesda games, and we want to challenge all the listeners to track them down. Are you up to the task? The soundtrack to your quest will be provided in the form of our new song, Serene, from our upcoming album, The Fall of Hearts. Thank you. Anders. I Anders Nystrom. That is very Swedish indeed. Very. But I thought it was cool that his, his, his band and there's Easter eggs for his That's band cool. in, in yeah. fucking Skyrim and Fallout 4. And I'll be playing Fallout 4. I'll be looking for him right now. So ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this is Serene from Anders slash the band Catatonia. I nail it? Yep. Catatonia. Nailed it. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. In the Battle for endurance has been lost Soul my worth and dignity the same I am shade and 
time.